so so what are we doing here, uh, person that I've never introduced on the stream before, who is my friend D? Oh, well, I don't know. We're two guys and a, and a kitty sitting on a couch. We got live mics, live camera for the very first time. You might have, um, you know, you might have heard of like a different, uh, heard from us from like a different vehicle. You know, like a, you know, I don't know, maybe like a, um, a voice recording or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like, like some sort of like cast that you, <laughs> that you, uh, maybe put on a pod. You mean a cast pod? Yeah, yeah, DVD, yeah. DVD cast pod at gmail.com, uh, maybe? Oh, hey, what's up, Toolman? I see, uh... Oh, what was Tim the Toolman Taylor here? Yeah, he popped up and said it's not Friday, and I'm like, nah, uh, man, it's not Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says D with two E's, yes. You are very right. This is, uh, a uh, little experiment for us. We've never done a live podcast before. So, like, um, hmm. if you, you know, if you've been listening all these years and you wonder what we look like, you'll have to keep wondering because we are, uh, we are appearing incognito. I mean, to be fair though, in the podcast in the past, I did note, I did state me, uh, myself being, uh, being a black male. So, I mean, true. so, true. But, but now they get to see, they see me and see you in the flesh. It's so. true. Yeah. Uh. And you know this, we're we're doing this actually not not for any sort of safety reason, but because to protect the identities of the innocent. Um, oh wow! I feel know, like it was so, just, it's just like, oh my goodness. Stay stay turned, uh, little tart, little tartus says. Also, hi, how are you? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually put this up on the big screen so we so, can at least kind of see chat. Cool. Um, so, because that occurred to me. Oh God, no! We've never podcasted with chat before. I know. I so, mean, to be fair, I can have my phone here as well, just not have the volume on. Hey, hey, this is a new thing. Uh, oh yeah, Tari's not wearing a mask. He's uh, well, you know, he's um, he's uh, he's he has a special exemption. Yeah. Um, for being too cute. Cute kitty. Uh. Oh no! No feedback! No feedback! No feedback! I'm just doing it for the chat. Um, doing it for the chat. Um, but uh, but no. Uh, yeah. So, and I see Toolman saying Yankees suck. Yes, I agree. But as we're doing this, hey, um, since we've never had this opportunity to like interact live before, I'd say, hey, you got a question? Sing out for us, and we'll uh, we'll freaking answer you live on the air. Like real. We've never been able to do before. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, although you probably tail, were. <laughs> Although you probably were shouting like into your into your device of choice mm-hmm. while listening to us in the past for our like terrible takes, Dang. but uh, you know now you can shout at us like somewhat in person for real. Uh, Yo, I've been itching to do this. Can can I go? Can I can I officially make it a make it a uh, a podcast a live podcast? Uh, you can. Uh, right I, after this. What? Wait, 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 don't, wait, oh, 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 don't you do it? Don't you do it? Not yet, no? Yeah, you can do it. I'm just saying don't do it. Unless you're cutting me off. Oh. Like, oh. Do it, do it, do it. Do it, go ahead and uh, do d- it. D- 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 I guess I'm gonna have to... Ladies and gentlemen, 
boys and girls all around the world, we bring you another ripping edition of the Dan vs. D Sports and Stuff Podcast with the initials DVD, as in DVD player, I'm your player, D with two E's, and always with me is... It's Dan, with an A-N. Dan and the an man. I-E-L. Hmm? And an I-E-L. Yeah. And Dan the man he can. What's and going on, guys? special guest intern Atari. For real. The uh, cutest, the cutest uh, ever, man. I'm telling you. Yes, he very much is. But what's going on, everybody? Um, yeah, it's been. Uh, it's been a while. It's, it's, it's been a little while since we've done one of these. Um, Just yeah, in, in general, like this last time yeah. we did one, it was uh, during like the restart. It was during the, the bubble. Yeah, yeah, it was the bubble. We, we were mostly talking about the bubble because that was the only sports thing that was going on. Because that was what um, we, I think we did it. What August? Yeah, something like that. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's so been, it's a, been a couple bit, seasons. And, it's been a few seasons since then, man. And uh, series premieres. And you know, obviously, like we can't. We're not. We're not going to be able to cover literally everything that's happened. But oh gosh, no, uh, <laughs> no. Mm-mm. We're just going to run down a few things and um, uh, probably talk about like the Super Bowl a little bit and oh gosh, the, <laughs> the NBA season. Some like football players retiring and shit. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, there you oh, go. Oh, and we got we actually got some questions in chat. Um, uh oh. Uh, let's see. From Lil Tardis, we have. What do you think of the Dodgers having a fully vax section? Which I I, I think um, a fully vax section. That's that way. If I I'm actually gonna have to Google this because I, I don't. I, I don't thought think I've heard this. Is it? I thought so. Was, is it? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I thought I, I thought like stadiums require you to be vaccinated in order to be you know for you know viability reasons. Uh no. What? Uh, you, did, would... you didn't see that, like, on opening day, the Texas Rangers had a full capacity of 40,000 people in their stadium, most of whom were not masked? I mean, I can live with that if they had vaccine, if they were vaccinated, but uh, well, no, I doubt it. Because remember that uh, uh, I'm seeing results about Dodger Stadium being a vax site. Uh, mm. Yo, so... A little tarts. I might actually need. A, I might actually need a clarification on that. So mm-hmm. it sounds like they have a. If I'm interpreting that right, they have a, a like fan section in the stands that's like for people who are fully vaccinated. Is that is that right? Because uh, it makes sense to me, honestly. Because I know that like everybody's going to be in very weird territory navigating this, and mm-hmm. it you're literally almost guaranteed to not to like piss somebody off. Um, yeah, so you so piss the less least amount of people which, off, I guess. Which I find funny again, like also protecting people to some degree. I, I find it because the, the whole the whole Texas Rangers thing was you know the specifically the governor of Texas tried to beat everybody else to the punch by just declaring the state fully open and just lifted all restrictions like like a month ago now. Uh, um, that makes me feel nervous. Which is. Oh. You know, oh, no. incredibly stupid. Um, yeah, I mean, and you know, people make decisions, but like, I it, it makes me cringe a little bit. Uh, well, you know, it's the classic fallacy of like, oh well, the people that you know, the people that are afraid of this are just going to take their precautions anyway, and then everybody else can just do what they want. But it's like, you know, again, I don't know. that only makes sense if it's like. 
a thing like, I don't even know, like... Oh, man. But a thing that doesn't affect other people, right? Because every additional person... I mean, fuck, we don't have to continually relitigate this. We've been having this argument for, like, a year now. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, like, it's... Yeah. It's kind of a silly thing, but... Um, oh, Lil Tara said that's correct about the, about the Vax uh, section, so... It makes sense to me, you know, I saw at the Super Bowl, remember when they had the, like, eight or 9,000 fans in the stand that were all vaccinated healthcare workers, and mm-hmm. I was like, aww. Also, WrestleMania had 25,000 people, uh, I know at least for sa- on, on the Saturday block. I'm not yeah. sure about the Saturday, the Sunday night, but they had 25,000 fans at, at, that, at that same site. Did they... So how did they how did they go about that? Did they require uh, like people to be vaccinated, or did, were they just like okay, we don't care? Actually, I have no idea. I just know I saw some people with masks, so that was that was encouraging. That's something at least. Yeah, but like, um, but I tell you though, as much as it made me feel, you know, you know, made me feel a little bit, you know, nervous, you know, with like seeing that many people, it was still like, you know, it kind of gave me some hope. Like, it it, it made wrestling wrestling again. Because you cannot, because yeah. wrestling without fans is dress rehearsal. Plus, it was great to see the real fans instead of seeing them like fans, like you know, and like Skype calls and stuff and those screens and everything. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I the mean, Thunderdome. They like kind of convincingly recreated NBA basketball on what was effectively a television set, but you really can't do that with pro wrestling, man. Like, because the theatricality is like kind of most of the entertainment really mm-hmm. uh, and then like you're trying to laugh like especially if like people with their intros they're like looking at the crowd and stuff it's just it's just right. awkward yeah i love the idea <laughs> no the funny thing is really that's kind of what streaming is like sometimes where you know because i i do the music streams on this channel on on uh, every friday uh come check me out hello uh, you gotta put your plug in there um but you know it's a little weird sometimes when you like you know, like, I'm playing my song, and I, like, nail the guitar solo, and I want to, like, you know what I mean? And then I'm just, like, mugging it to a camera, you know? I and mean, it's a weird feeling. I mean, uh, if, but if, if you want, if you want like, a, if you want an audience member, all you got to do is call me up, and I'll drive over here, and after you do that, that banging guitar solo, I'll clap for real, and, and hoot and holler and everything like that. Can you, can you, like, punch and kick the air, too? I, mean, I can't. I can't do that. That's that's for the little. That's for the little guy and the and that and other dude. I can't. Those guys. They. I. I. I can't do that. Like just as witnessing those guys. I. I'm like. I'll. I'll never do that because you guys do it much better. And like I'll be doing a disservice for people who actually are good at doing that. I'd be like, nah. I'm good. <laughs> so, if you l- listeners, if you don't know what I'm talking about, the little guy, Google Google gifs of hardcore dancing or just videos of hardcore dancing. You're welcome. I just made your day, man. Uh, and I did want to get to this really quickly. I saw a question from Toolman as well. I also uh, saw one of uh, Little Tardis. Let's get to Toolman. Toolman first. Yeah. Well, we we answered the the one about the Dodgers. Okay. Uh, oh, this is gonna. It might be. They. We might actually just have like our. You know, our uh, format right here. Just answer yeah. like sports questions, honestly. Uh, but Toolman says Patriots quarterback situation: Cam Newton, a bad choice or the worst choice? So why yeah. don't one of you take this one? Cam Newton. Honestly, I'm a I'm a big fan of Cam Newton because him. Uh, you know, representing the Carolinas. 
He was a big deal in Carolina. I wish he was still there, but it was time for him to move on. Then when he, then when I heard news about him coming to um, my favorite team, oh, the, the kitty is rising high. Um, I was really ecstatic, it's, especially with the first two games of last season. Like the dude was playing like you know vintage Superman. Like, you know, uh, doing those quarterback draws. He had like 70 yards rushing, a couple touchdowns yeah. uh, with uh, against Miami. That was cool. And then uh, then he went toe-to-toe with, uh, with oh, okay. Now, now I can now I can be more loose now. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, Atari. There you go. But, no, I know you felt like you were probably just frozen in place. I was. I was, man. I feel, I, I feel, I feel uh, you know, more nimble now. But, um... When he when he uh, was in a shootout with uh, uh, Russell Wilson and they yeah. and they were like that what one yard away and tying the game up and everything like he he was playing in uh, like vintage Cam Newton but then and then he, he was got, having success throwing mm-hmm. in, you know literally the sample size of those like two games but Elman had his best had like statistically his most receiving yards I think in a game yeah and and that in that Seahawks game then Cam got COVID. Then he came back, and then he honestly, I believe he was never the same once he came back from COVID no. and stuff, because I think that stuff really took a lot out of him. And then Edelman was hurt, so he was throwing to um, um, the kill guys like the Killer Harry and um, ah, dang, I'm I'm blanking on some of the some of the names. Um, Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, yeah, he was he was one, he was like one of my favorite like gems like uh, out of that team. He was. He was like one of the few guys who didn't suck. <laughs> like he's like, uh, oh dang, I'm forgetting the other guy. He uh, he played. He actually played for Carolina with him. But like he was he was decent. I'm blanking on his name. But then like then you we were just reminded of Nikhil Harry like underperforming as a first round talent. Yep. Uh, I don't think Cam sucks. Um, it's not. It's definitely not the worst we can actually. It's definitely not the worst situation we can have. Um, I'm thinking if we give him like this year, um, we don't sign like a bunch of weapons he can have. You know, including, including Johnu, Johnu Smith, Hunter yeah. Henry. Like so, we're going back to the tight to the, uh, the the two tight end set because honestly, look who he had to throw to. Nobody. Like, you know, and I'm it, also, it's just crazy, man. Because I'm trying to remember how things all went down. Because remember, if I remember right, right, last offseason, they were still trying to get Brady to come back. Uh, and he waited to, to sign until pretty late in the offseason. Belichick, Belichick wasn't trying um, to kiss his feet, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> Belichick was is, too stubby. He could have, he could have, he wasn't going big. <laughs> that's, I think that's what happened, man. Well, but my point is, they they signed Cam super late too, from what I remember, and I think that they signed him super late because he was released super late. Right. Carolina right. did him dirty because everyone else had already set their teams with quarterbacks, right. and I thought that was really, really selfish in what Carolina did. It's like, are you gonna keep him? Are you not gonna keep him? And this and that, and then and then they signed Teddy Bridgewater, and now they're right, now they're trying to shop him because they traded a, like a what was it a fourth or a sixth round pick or something? I can't remember the picks, but you know, like some late picks for like Sam Darnold. So I don't know what Carolina's doing right now, but like they're like, okay, let's replace Cam Newton. Let's go ahead and get Teddy Bridgewater. Oh wait, like he's he's a he'll be like you know, let's sign to like a three year deal. 
It's like, oh wait, he's not a long-term solution. Let's go ahead and like flip him for Sam. Do I, I don't know what they're really doing. But this ain't about Carolina. This is about you know New England. I think they're I think they're gonna be good. Let's see how this year plays out. If he takes up the joint here when when given the uh, given the opportunities and given the extra pieces around him, then I would view it as a bad quarterback situation. But it's it is not. Uh, it's more of this is like a boom or bust situation right now. It's it's anywhere from like a. Um, a I would say an average to like a good that has the potential of being a good evolve into a good situation if like you know the chips fall you know in a certain way, but it could go from like you know average to like below average. But I do not think it, it's like a, a terrible situation. And I would I'd make two points to kind of put a bow on on uh, two points uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and one to put to put a bow on Cam and uh, one mixtape hot sauce. <laughs> well, one, I think it's at least looking at the team's like overall quarterback situation. Okay, like Jared Stidham did not did not do anything to sort of seize that job when he got the chance. I don't I don't even know why we drafted him. Like I saw him wilt during big SEC games. Oh yeah, he could be a possible successor to Brady. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, I had to let that out. I saw him play a couple times in there, and I was just like, I wasn't impressing even in college. I'm sorry, man. He wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. Just because of Auburn name, I guess. Ryan Mallett. Uh, I'll give Ryan Mallett over there. At least he, he at least, like, you know, uh, made Arkansas somewhat relevant. There it is. There's there's the there's the D content we've been waiting for. Who was better? Okay, 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 real quick. All right, well, you go to your points, and then we're gonna debate who's who's better, Stidham or Ballot, man. Oh no, that's not a debate. Yeah, that's not least, a debate. He at least got work somewhere else. <laughs> anyway, you go on with your point. I'm sorry, I'm just like, ooh, ooh, lit a fire in my seat. No, 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 but but that was and that was kind of the other the other point I was starting to make by pointing out the sort of cadence of last offseason because I don't think they really you know here this offseason they clearly made moves that were tailored around hey let's maybe mold the offense around this guy and what he does well yeah um, tight end has been one of his favorite places to throw to Greg Olson G-Reg yeah mm -hmm. so it's like okay yes Cam looked cooked at the end of last year. Like he looked, he really looked like I. I wouldn't have been surprised if he just chosen to retire. But, but he clearly, he felt like he's got something left. Clearly, and because he was so bad, it put the Patriots in a unique situation where they could actually bring him back super cheap. Mm -hmm. uh, which, if he'd actually played well all, all of last season, he was only on a one-year deal. So he would have gone to whoever was going to throw tons of money at he him. He was going to go to the... Hmm? Which he, wouldn't have been the Patriots, He right? would have so. went to the Washington football team, Ron Rivera. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. But he might go to go to him next year, actually. You never know. If Yeah. So, um, I mean, he got that but, connection. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, I see a little Taurus popping in with next question. In your opinion, who is the most underrated coach in the NFL? Oh, hmm... Underrated. Hmm. 
you know, I would have said the coach of Carolina before this, but I don't know that that's going to bear out this season with, like, <laughs> quarterback Sam Darnold. Uh, wait, I, I don't know. Matt Rule's pretty good. Um, they just need uh, – he, he, he just needs a talent for them, like, to finish games and stuff. Like, because – like I would say, he's one of the underrated ones because they were, because ex- like the the expected wins I think was two last year. Yeah, for no, two. That's true, that's true. And like what Carolina, like they they won like five games or something like that, and they should have had, they could have made the playoffs if they would have won half the games they lost by like eight points or less. So they were yeah. in these games. Like I I got I got a good buddy of mine who who is a. Who's a who's a big uh, Panthers fan and stuff like that, and you know I I feel for him, man. Like shout out to you, like the heartbreak, man. It was real, and I was watching the games too, and I texted me like, man, what the heck was that play? But they were in those games, but they're just a young team. I mean, think about it. that was their that was their first year without Keekley, their first year without Cam, their first year without uh, Ron. So that's that big three right there. They were without. Yeah. So the three-headed monster, the they're they're leaders. So they really had to like, you know, they were starting like not from scratch, but they were in terms of leadership, they were starting from scratch. Yeah. So they were just so they were they had the talent, but they were just trying to. But the core is young, and they just had to. They then have to figure out how to win. But I'll tell you, um, another person that sticks out to me was um, Giants coach. Oh, what is his name? Is it Judge? No. No. Mike. It's obviously Mike Judge. <laughs> uh, hey, Beavis. No, but I know I know who you're talking about, and I'm blanking on the dude's name because I suck, but... They could have... They, they were this close to making the playoffs. You know Joe I mean? Judge, you were right. Joe Judge, there you go. That's a great name. That's like a wrestler name. Joe Judge, man. I, st- I mean, he still ain't got nothing on... Um, you know, sorry to him, man. I am gonna reference a Yankee here, um, uh, Aaron Judge. All rise. <laughs> yeah. That's that's like the only that's the only Yankee I actually would care about. <laughs> Joe cheesy. I love like, Aaron Judge. It's good old good old cheesy um, cheesy John Sterling like home run pun calls. <laughs> Didi Gregorius leaves me euphorious. Man, like you know what? I thought about like this is just a random thing. I thought about you know home run like uh, you talking about like home runs. I remember I, I got I, I thought about earlier this week about you know Raul Mondesi needing a home run and just hitting a straight grand slam in in uh, Game Six of our World Series, just taking your soul out of you, man. Like <laughs> that was a Game Seven play, but my soul left my body. <laughs> Well, Tardis says, Joe Judge coming off the ropes with a suplex. <laughs> uh, I did I did want to throw one other name out Ooh, there. Sean McDermott, um, the coach of the Bills. Who, but they already had talent, though. But. And uh, and how much are you going to put that on the, de- the overall development of uh, Josh Allen, though? I mean. Because they were a playoff team last year. Uh, well, the year before that. No, but, you know, he. It's a couple of things. Okay, one, I hear it. One, you know how hard it is to take a, like, his... Oh, we got wow. hops. Okay, that was my cat. Oh, we got hops. Um, <laughs> yeah, that freaked me out. Um, but you know how hard it is to take, 
like what Brian... Actually, I would put Brian Flores on this list, too. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, you know how hard it is to take, yeah. to take a franchise that has been losing for decades. Decades. You know, and, and turn that... Because it's not just, you know... They the had, players who are there now haven't been losing for 20 years, so it's not... Mm-hmm. But it's but it's, it's that culture. But it's a culture. It's in the air. It's with the fans. It's the organization. You know, so it really does take some kind of special it factor to like help oversee that. And mm-hmm. yes, it, to your point, yes, players play. It's a talent thing. But let's also, and I mean, I think Josh Allen deserves credit for Josh Allen's development too. Yeah, Josh Allen. But Josh Allen really like he worked on his game. You can tell who works on their game the offseason and who don't. He definitely but, did. I was really impressed. I was like, oh, this guy that can run mostly and maybe can make throws. Oh, when he was he zipping that make thing. Throws. He couldn't throw when he got into the league, dude. He could He's throw like a pass here and now. there. Kind he, of. He was an athlete when he first came. He wasn't, I mean, he wasn't like Tebow bad, but he was like, <laughs> you know. Tebow won a playoff game. Like, <laughs> Tebow shouldn't have been in the NFL as a quarterback. Um, but what knows, what, what knows weeks fun to watch, though? I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> Tebow mania. But beside the point... Tebow like, mania. <laughs> but at some point, like, you know, even if, you know, it's not necessarily Sean McDermott who's, like, out there on the field with Josh Allen every day he's, telling him what to do, he's but... He's not a quarterback whisperer. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I think if you're... If it's, if it's always the guy in charge's fault when, like, everything goes wrong, um... Mm-hmm. Which I like to call the U.S. president principle. Oh, um, it's also I think you got to give the guy in charge some credit when like things unprecedentedly go well, mm-hmm. unprecedentedly, <laughs> because you like good? development stories like Josh Allen do not happen. Like you know, and I just you know you and I have both been watching football for like many 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 years, and we know quite a bit about like the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. I've never ever seen a player come into the league with like and show us on an NFL field what Josh Allen showed us like that first year and then become like a legitimate like MVP candidate later like that does not happen yeah because normally you get guys like Christian Ponder or Blaine Gabbard (laughs) for example Brady Quinn well like Cam was not like a fully polished player when he came into the league. But, but Cam like, was a just he was like he, a, he was a he was a, a different specimen that you never seen before. But he he, he was a freaking tank. Well, but he, <laughs> but he also like threw for four thousand yards his he, first year. He threw like, for he, he had two back to back four hundred yard games and games that both they lost. Yes, that stuff that wasn't his so fault, like, man. You know. <laughs> Not polished, but like he immediately came in and was like, "Oh, okay, we know this guy's got the goods." Then he was throwing long. Um, then he was throwing long bombs to Ted in and them. Yep. <laughs> like that's what got. That's really what like sent him over the edge and getting like that MVP when God, he was throwing. When he was throwing all those bombs to that the one year that Ted Ginn like randomly had like a ten touchdowns or whatever it was. That, yeah, that was like a career. Res- yeah. Like that was like a career resurgence for him. You went from like, oh, is he still in the league? To like, oh, he just he just earned himself another contract at, yep. for the Saints. Yep. <laughs> like Ted Ginn, um, Ginn Junior. <laughs> but anyways, he was the um, Ohio the Ohio State, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was on those like random knowledge right here. God, 
God, yeah, I remember. Yeah, those like mid two thousands Ohio State Michigan oh, teams, oh, like Mario Manningham. Mario Manningham. <laughs> uh, but okay. Um, so really quickly, I'm gonna see if this works. It's like I can um, hear it now. Hmm. See, it's just like it's just like listening to a podcast. Um, I had to get used to it, man. So I wanted to move right along, and I guess we'll hit the I guess what Super Bowl and then NFL retirements. Oh my um, gosh! So, so uh, that Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I got a question for you here. <laughs> Which was the more boring Super Bowl? The one with the one from this year or the Rams and Patriots? <laughs> oh, Rams and Patriots definitely. Um, at least the score was close to the end, though. Because in this game, <laughs> like at least there was some form of suspense. But by the time like the third, like halfway through the third quarter rolled around, then just one team just was just pummeling the the other one. So uh, that's the one way I give. That's the one thing I give the Rams and Patriots. That score stayed close till like the fourth quarter. <laughs> well, here's a here's a sports here's a sports deep cut. Oh, um, deep. Do you remember the like 2014 World Cup uh, match where Tim Howard in his like last World Cup campaign with the U.S. Uh, national team had like 16 saves because the team's defense was just so horrible? I was marking out so hard for that. Was like I think that was like on my birthday. I was like, yeah. go ahead, win it for yourself, man. Go for it. <laughs> like, it was like. <laughs> Is the fucking goalie going to win this thing all by his damn self? Like, what? <laughs> he wasn't going to because he can't score, but and then that was the up, most entertaining thing ever. And it was just this absurdly, like, you know, Greek myth level, like, heroic performance in a defeat. Plus the um, memes. Yeah, and the memes that came from it. But that's what, like, Patrick Mahomes' performance in the Super Bowl kind of reminded me of. Because he kept doing just ridiculous superhuman stuff. And it just didn't matter. It's fourth and 20. Oh, I'm getting ready to get sacked. I'm just going to flick my wrist the, and nearly complete a pass the, for a touchdown. The, the freeze frames of Pat Mahomes parallel to the ground as he releases the ball, knowing that the ball went 30 yards in the air and landed on target and hit his receiver in the freaking hand. At that point, I would have that would have been ticked if uh, if I was Patrick. I'd be like, dude, I did. I literally escaped death like on the football field and put it right where it needed to go. You couldn't catch it. I know it was a little bit crowded, but you had your hands on it. I don't like know. the dude is not human, and he's no. awesome. No, and he's 24 years old, so we're going to get to watch this for like 10 years. Hey, hey, you know you know, uh, Mitchell Trubisky was drafted over him? Well, I'll tell you this. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky, I'll have you know, I'll have you know, uh, is in fact a Nickelodeon MVP. The, the MVP? The, the, like, <laughs> the, the dude, or kid, like, he couldn't even get his name right. He said, Mitch Chabuski, Chabuski, he couldn't get his name right. 
and then he handed him a, a trophy that's like I guess a blimp with like green slime leaking out of it. <laughs> like I, I don't know if they like because I didn't see him hand it to him like on on camera. Like I guess they were like uh, yeah, I guess he was like sitting in his it was like, it was probably left in his locker. Yeah. Like, uh, like here you go. You, apparently you. I, I just wonder what that exchange was like. It's like he's probably thinking like what what is this? Like well apparently you won an award from Nickelodeon. Uh. Thanks. <laughs> He's the only MVP like in Bears uh, history. <laughs> Imagine if they never do another game, and then there's he's the only MVP of all time. Well, that's gonna be impossible because they're gonna do another one because it was actually I heard it was like actually a decent success. So they're yeah, gonna at least sure do one really more. Yeah. But this time, like, here's one. Here's one. Uh, this time they're gonna have someone that more well deserves the award though. <laughs> no, think about it. Tommy Maddox. Oh. Is still the only XFL MVP of all time. Well, Tommy Maddox was Tommy Maddox, though. Yeah, and he parlayed that into a gig with the Steelers and started a playoff game. Anyway, who was uh, uh, who was later replaced by Cordell? No, not Cordell Stewart. Ro- Roethlisberger. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he replaced Cordell. That's Roethlisberger. Right. Like, because um, because like, didn't like Maddox replace uh, Stewart? Maddox replaced Cordell Stewart, right? And then yeah, and then he got hurt, and then. Or something. I think he got hurt in like the first game, and that's why Roethlisberger got started. The Trent Green effect. Right. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Except it wasn't uh, preseason. But oh, and Lil Tardis said even the halftime show is kind of. A, I would agree with that. Yes. Uh, I mean, the, I love I how had they to incorporate think for a second to remember even what the halftime show was. The so that's not a good sign. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, the weekend singing about cocaine. Man, I can feel my feet I'm with you. But I, I love it. But I love also, you uh, can see you can see us. You can see me dance and like do like hand arm motions and stuff. Now this is pretty cool. Like like I'm I'm still just I'm still just getting used to this, man. You can see me waving my hands in the air, waving like I just don't care. Oh, you're watching yourself. I was like, what are you doing? And I see you're watching yourself on the monitor. I was like, what? You know what's going on there? You know what this makes me think of? You know, you remember that old like you know um, what was it, the iToy commercial for PlayStation? Billy's on the TV. Billy's on the team and everybody's just running to his, to his house and they see him he's like just playing this terrible like game where he's just like hitting stuff on the screen back or something. When, back when like seeing yourself on a screen was like novel. And then and then uh right. and then the connect happened. Yeah. It was great I, for novelty, but then it was it was not the it was not gonna be the future. And then I, VR came in and be like, okay, hey, you can do virtual reality. No, I was going to say if you like The Weeknd, but I guess if you know who The Weeknd is, um, you should check out the movie, uh, the movie uh, Uncut Gems, uh, which in which he has a cameo as himself, as a younger version of himself. Um, I still need to watch that one. See, dude, it's such a good movie. Adam Sandler and KG. Like, it's, KG. It's, <laughs> Kevin Garnett, bro. Not in the same way as Videodrome, but like... Oh, gosh. It's a... Like it's not a happy movie. Like you'll not, you won't feel good after it's over. I mean, I've um, I've seen some crazy stuff where I did not like wind up happy at all. So, so yeah. Like, Toolman Tool says that dude was singing inside of a cheese grater, talking about the weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, like the weird like inside set where he like grabbed the camera and was like. I will say though, I do like the way they incorporated like the the backup dances. My wife mentioned this. You know when they had those those the freaky masks or the freaky bandage stuff like they look yeah. like look like they were like all hurt up and stuff. But I think that was like like it, it, I like that aesthetic. But also 
um, I think uh, my wife was like talking. Uh, she was talking to like a family member, saying like, "Yeah, that's probably like a way of incorporating them wearing masks while being yeah. around each other." And I having, thought that I thought that was really you know a, gr- uh, a great tactic right there. Having having the design. PPE be part of the costume, yeah. Yeah, I I thought that was pretty dope, honestly. You know, it was surreal and strange. While I had like some had some bangers and stuff, his new stuff, man, I don't really care too much about. Especially when they they kept playing that that the that advertisement commercial. I, I was like, I don't know that song. Like that's just don't. I mean, I mean, it uh, it gets me to move a little bit. But I'll be I'll be honest, and I you I'm, know I just I'm, don't I didn't care too much for that song. <laughs> I you know found out who Billie Eilish was when she won the Grammy. You should for, see for me some in perspective. the crown. You should see me in the crown. Um, <laughs> I first heard that song. I first heard of her on like uh, FIFA FIFA nineteen. Like oh she was God. on the soundtrack. Her and Charles Gambino was like oh Gambino was on that soundtrack too. But like. Funny story about her, like, I was watching, like, the, you know, the late afternoon games of football. They were boring. Then I go on Twitter, then, like, I was, like, on some random thing, and they had, like, a concert. You know, they have, like, you know, sometimes they have, like, little, uh, random links of, like, a concert feed or something. Yeah. And I think it was, like, uh, some kind of, like, concerts, uh, you know, in, in Atlanta. And, and I was, like, Billie Eilish was on that. And I watched that instead of football, and it was dope. Wow. <laughs> And she was like in a walking boot and stuff, but she was still performing and stuff. Wow. It was great. I wonder. <laughs> it, it must be a really interesting vibe at her show, I'm guessing, because her music is so, like, her singing style is like so, like, light and breathy and like it's yeah. almost like ASMR. And you know what I mean? Like her and her music is like. If she saw, if she did ASMR stream, I'm telling you, she would make a lot of money. That's kind. That's like kind of what her music is, <laughs> but I don't know because you know you think of like a concert, you think of live music as being very like energetic and it, very it, like. It did have that energy though. A lot of people were on their yeah. feet, man. I saw like, bef- man, that was like that was, guess, a, that was thousands of people there. That was before you know all the human malware happened. Yeah. Oh man, those are the days. But then, you know, literally as I'm talking, I'm like, oh, well, Pink Floyd is, like, considered one of the, like, greatest live bands ever in their shows. You would not you would not say that their shows are, like, a thing you'd go to to mosh. It was, like, a a, a spectacle that you just kind of stare at slack-jawed. Oh. Um, so, you know, but what, uh, what, takes all kinds. But what were you going to say, say about uh, Billie Eilish? Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say... Really just making a point that, like, I am just super ignorant of, like, modern pop music for the most part. We're at like, the age where we need to be, where, where, where it's okay, where it's acceptable, to, acceptable for us to be ignorant to, like, modern music. So, like, my, <laughs> I'm not kidding. My knowledge of the weekend was, having seen Uncut Gems, uh, you had to tell me that the song that Antonio Brown was singing in that uh, commercial was one of his songs because I didn't know who he was. And before that, before that and one, then, it was in like Madden 17 soundtrack or something like that and song. Then, <laughs> and then there was like an Abbott and Costello style joke about him on Letterkenny. And those are like, that's how I knew who he was. <laughs> well, not from knowing any of his music. Wait, you said Abbott and Costello. Wait, see me and Frodo. Uh, Abbott and Costello. Magic and Kareem or Penn and Teller. Somebody's in trouble. Ah, uh, here goes a Nick, 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 Nick. Shout out to Coolio. It's <laughs> Keita Kelly Show. Shout out to Coolio, who you can now say that you've seen in person. 
Yo, I, I, I thought about that. But like, like I remember like the like the fans like like couple people were like looking and like see me like just getting into it and singing it and stuff. Like they were like, oh man, He's like so, yeah, I see you there okay. singing. And I was like, I was like, yo, if you're gonna have a halftime show and you're and you're seeing somebody that you grew up listening to and they're performing, you might as well get eyes. the hell into it. Yeah, and plus it helped that I love the songs too. Uh, so, so it's briefly, briefly to contextualize. Plus, it's coolio. Cool, uh, so we went to see a Charlotte Hornets game. The last, like the, two years ago now. Mm-hmm. It was the last. It, that was that was the last Hornets game I've been to. Right. Yeah. 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 That's and the we, last pro. Uh, I think that's that's the last like pro basketball game I ever been to. And it was our. It was the two of us and uh, a friend of the show and super fan Toolman, um, and. Just kind of randomly, like the halftime entertainment was Coolio, who <laughs> <laughs> came out and did all of his '90s hits, and mm-hmm. you know, he even had the dude that sings the chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. that's the same guy. Yeah, and he had. Uh, yeah, we spent we spent a lot of our lives living in that gangster paradise. Come on and, and ride, ride on, on the. the- Fantastic. Slide, slide, slippity slide. When you're living in the city, it's do or die. I, I knew you was going to pick that up. You just you just can't you can't help it, man. So, <laughs> it is... That song is dangerously catchy. I mean, I it, it also like, helped that... Huh? It, no, no, go ahead. It also helped it was like... Ba- it had the, the basis of like an old school song. It was a CB Wonder song, right? No. No, no, it's not CB Wonder. Oh, Shoot, man. Something else was a Stevie Wonder song no, that it, somebody sampled. Anyway. But now it wasn't Stevie Wonder. But, anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we saw Coolio live once. Um, Have you seen him without seen him without his hat? He got like three like dreads done. Just, and he's bald the rest of the way. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I guess that's a hairstyle that doesn't age super well. I mean, I mean only, only Coolio can still pull that off. I though. always wonder... I always wonder. I know we're like super off topic now, but I always. I wonder, mean, that, that was up. That was official pod, our podcast. Now. I was gonna say this is you know what makes them different makes them great. Mm. Um, but I always wonder what happens to like old punks, as that like the, the the dudes who have like the mohawks as they get old, Ooh. or like the spiky punk hair or whatever. Like I always wonder what happens when you start getting like pattern baldness. You just shave. Uh, at that point, you just gotta shave it, man. And uh, Toolman says Coolio was the best part of that game. Unfortunately, lol. Agree. Um, you say hold on. You say that. Uh, you say that. Um, you say that because of the fourth quarter that happened. We you say that because the fourth. If if the fourth quarter would have went the way the first first second third quarters did, you would you, know, you would be thinking a, a little bit different because you, a guy named Kimball Walker. Did did things did Kimba, magical things as he always did. Kimba Walker <laughs> torched the Celtics. Kimba he torched anybody. And also bear in mind that we saw quite a bit of Robert Williams, Time Lord, in that game when he, he was like a rookie, and he actually got hurt and left the game. But mm-hmm. but we we saw because they whoever was their starting center at the time was hurt. Um, it wasn't it wasn't Daniel Tice, was it? Was no. it? It wasn't Al Horford, was it? Was oh, that the last season Horford was. I think it was. Oh, I think I think Horford was hurt and yeah. sat out, if I remember right. Uh-huh. Um, but so yeah, they Big started. This, Al. They started some random kid, and we're like, Robert Williams, the fuck is that? But yeah, no, he's like a guy who's like getting minutes for them now, and is like t- 
turned into like a very good shot blocker defender. I mean, he has to um, now. I mean, because Daniel uh, uh, Daniel Tice is with yeah. with my my Bulls now, who's actually been doing his thing. And I think honestly, I think his presence on the team is like why they felt comfortable getting rid of Tice ultimately. I mean, Tice had um, he was he had hit his ceiling though. I mean, he was a defender who might could get a couple dunks or something like that, maybe a couple little points, but. I mean that was that was it. But plus he I guess he was older too, so yeah. I don't know how old Daniel Tice is. But I, he was kinda get one of those guys I just rooted for. Because yeah. he just seemed like just a hard nosed blue collar guy that is like just, he ain't ever gonna be a superstar superstar. Heck, he won't even be a star. But there's a place for him on that team who works hard and goes after it, man. I don't know why, but for some reason, Daniel Tice to me looks like somebody who works at AutoZone. I mean, <laughs> that's what I think of when I see his face. I mean, he got the tat, he got like that oh, that short tattoo. He's got the muscles though. But like a guy that like like the cool guy at AutoZone. Oh yeah, not Absolutely. the guy that you're like a little afraid of. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm saying I'll, I'll admit I'm a little afraid of Daniel Tice. I'm a, I'm a, I'm afraid of anybody in the NBA because they could just even yeah. like even the people who are like five eleven or something. Even Kemba Walker could tower over me. I'm like, I was gonna say, oh hey, hey guys. <laughs> I think I, I think I'm either the same height as or. No, no, Kemba Walker's what, 5'11", 5'10"? He's about 5'10", 5'11". He ain't 6' yeah. So he's about, he's actually like a tiny bit taller they, than me. But like, they give him 6'. But. but I'll be <laughs> honest, he would probably still tower over me just because I'm sure his like, you know, presence in a room. <laughs> Shoot! Spud Webb would tower over oh, me. He's know. like 2 inches taller than me. <laughs> oh, you know, shout out to Kemba Walker because... Literally everybody on the Celtics has raved about him from the second he got there. Like everybody is like, "Oh my God, he's like the nicest guy ever," and he, you know, that wasn't is, really hard to do though, because look who he, look who he came after, the to- Mr. Toxicity, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he's got the skills, but he he just brings toxicity to wherever he is at. I love. He that- even had what he even talked. He even badmouthed LeBron James, and they won a championship. I love that. I love <laughs> Cleveland. That, why? I love that James Harden is so insanely, transcendently good at basketball that he can literally turn his game into like this crescent-shaped thing that fits around Kyrie Irving's ego. Like that's that's impressive. It's like who who? James Harden. Oh yeah. Because he like just suddenly decided. Oh, I guess I'm just gonna get like 18 assists a game now. And just dish and just set up Kyrie all night because he wants to be the guy who scores. Well, he, all right, fine. Well, they can't do that right now because uh, he had a setback with his hamstring. Yeah. So they say he won't. He he probably won't even be ready before the playoffs. Yikes. So yeah, that that chemistry. I I honestly, I really do think the Nets are in trouble because I think they're they gonna can't su- get everybody healthy at the same time. They're in trouble. I think they're gonna suffer the same fate as the Warriors did. You know, bank put all push all your chips in you know, in the center with your starters, but then once those injuries start happening, because they're not they're not young superstars. These yep. guys are in their thirties. Yep. So if once you once those bodies start breaking down, and plus hamstrings, you like different sport, but Miles Austin, those hamstring injuries killed his career. Yep. And hamstrings are really are, are a really tricky injury. To like monitor yeah. and and to come back from. So he even if he comes back this this season, uh, or for the playoffs, that hamstring ain't I gonna be one hundred percent, and it's gonna hinder him. 
I was gonna say, yeah, I bet, I bet he wouldn't be a hundred percent. He won't be. He won't so. be. He will not. And 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 like KD, he keeps getting hurt. He yeah. keeps getting like these little nicks here and there and stuff. On um, the, I, I would say, on the other hand, if you are, you know, because who they got on their bench though, Blake it, Griffin. It, if your if your problem is you might be without one of the, I don't know top two hundred scorers of all time, it's pretty nice to just turn to like two of the top twenty scorers of all time and just be like, hey, can you pick up some of the slack, y'all? But here's the thing, though. Like, then other team's gonna be picking a poison, try to double KD or double Kyrie, and and dare like uh, maybe Joe. I mean, I give it to Joe Harris. He's a great. He's a he's a great shooter. He could he could probably pick up the slack because he'll be left open. But I don't even know some of the other guys on the roster. I don't even know their names. Like. Uh, I don't even know who who else is on the roster. I don't know their bench. I mean, but I just wonder though, who's on their bench when it's because the stars have to get rest, especially when the t- yeah. intensity cranks up in in the playoffs. Like, who on their bench scares you if you know any members on the bench? Similar to uh, uh, similar to the Warriors that year. Yeah. Like, what, what was it, Jonas Jerebko? Like, come <laughs> on, Looney, who actually turned out to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, you know, I know man. rotations shorten in playoffs, and I think part of it is, and a lot of people have said just in general about this NBA season is because the schedule is so compressed. Uh-huh. Um, it seems like there's way, a lot more injuries these days. Way more so than usual. They've had a way shorter off season. Most of the players have. Um, Did you see if, uh, 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 Danny Avija uh, break his leg? <sighs> Uh, no, I didn't, but fuck that. It sucks. Mm. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, like, what fucking just happened to Jamal Murray? Like, uh, and that, uh, I mean, that, 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 that the, was a blow. The Nuggets were a finals contender, and now they are definitely not. So, that literally did just tank their season. Um, mm. you know. Oh, oh man, that's right, because, because that's, that's that one-two punch of him and Joker. Yep. Oh man. Jokic had forty seven points like the other night. Joker nights ago. Um but uh I think I do think that the Nets, uh just to wrap that point up, are clearly being like overly cautious. Yeah. Um and same, same with the Lakers. Right. Getting AD back. As long as you're as long as you're in the playoffs, you know, they're gonna put every you know, they're gonna let everybody if they if they're well enough, be full go, and rotations are going to be shorter, mm-hmm. so guys are going to play more minutes. And But, I mean, you're right. That's still, and I wonder, I'm sure people are going to get hurt in the playoffs, too, because that's a grind. Because I don't know um, who, like, what's their depth, though? And They're just so you know, top-heavy on their, there's, their Sarni 5. There's no load management in the playoffs, so, you know, <laughs> you're going to have to, you know, at some point... Man. You know, you're gonna have to put some wear and tear on the on the tires, but um, and that's why and that's why I worry about James Harden. I think he is the X factor of whether they win the championship or not. Yeah. And if you're putting wear and tear on a hamstring that has already been on torn or like has worn down or got nicks on it. I don't know how long he can last or how effective he would be long term, like in the playoffs. Yeah, I wonder. I don't. 
I don't think you're getting maximum utility from Harden by just having him like stand around and shoot threes. That doesn't seem like that's really what what you brought in there to do. <laughs> but but when you have a big three, sometimes a person has to choose to be the third the the person that doesn't shoot threes or you know get the basket uh, get certain baskets when uh, your first you know, your your first two options don't look at Chris Bosh. Yep. Without Chris Bosh, they don't like. The the uh, the Heat aren't as successful as they were. Yep. Like I remember when we were. Oh gosh, just so had forever to, ago. He had to go back to being okay with like I'm scoring like 16 a game instead of 24 a game. Well, here's the thing though. Like it's and I remember this fondly, right? Or unfondly, the Eastern Conference Finals. Gosh, it feels so forever ago when the Bulls were in the Eastern Conference Finals. I was in college, man. Yo, that summer that. That, that was that was fun, man. Summer after after like summer of my junior year, after my junior year, that was yeah. that was that God, was. Fun. I remember that. Like he had, he would quietly have thirty points in a game. Yep. You wouldn't even notice it, but then like, man, he's killing us. Just kind of show up with his lunch pail, and then you know. That's what he did. He did yeah. the work. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> just like. No. Remember when the heat? Remember the sports media was saying, "Oh, is it time for the Heat to panic when the Bulls beat the beat them in Game One, and then they then they got then they got gentlemen swept." <laughs> no, it really wasn't ever time for the Heat to panic. Uh, it um, gave me hope for that that for those two days, and yeah. then buzzsaw. <laughs> well, you know, for me it was like, you know, because the 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 like. 08, 09, 10 Celtics were like the the LeBron killer. So anything is possible. In like in like 2012, which ironically, <laughs> the first round series uh, of the Celtics from 2012 is actually the setting for uh, Uncut Gems. You guys oh. see that movie? Um, I, I'm not, remember I'm not they made, movie. But remember, they kind of made that was like the last year with those three guys, and they uh, and they made a run all the way to the East Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, that was right before Ray Allen signed with the Heat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the Heat. If I remember right, they took the Heat to six or seven, mm. uh, even though they really probably had no business doing that. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> good times. Anyway, Man. we sort of inadvertently just kind of covered the NBA there, which is totally fine. I mean, you remember? Um, like, I mean, do you remember like the uh, remember when the Bulls were an eight seed and they pushed the Celtics to like seven games? I did. <laughs> had a young Derrick Rose and Big Gordon and Tyrus Thomas. <laughs> We should have had LaMarcus Aldridge, man. Remember when? Remember when people were like, uh, were like salivating over Tyrus Thomas and his athletic ability? What would have happened to that? Oh, yeah, he's yeah. I mean, I mean, big ups to LaMarcus Aldridge though. He he retired. I mean, yeah, it seems oh yeah, seems so did. soon. But like he's yeah. what thirty five. I didn't I didn't know he was like you know that you know that old. I know, it felt like it was only a few years ago that he went to the Spurs, but I guess that was like fucking like five years ago now, and mm-hmm. he was not even that young then. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy. But yeah, but, but big, uh, but have retirement, uh, LaMarcus. You, you, you've earned that, man. Yeah. Speaking of retirements, um, Ooh. let's... Uh, I've been waiting for this. Yeah, let's talk about one of the uh, all-time great Patriots. And my and one my uh, and my uh, one of my wife's favorite players from from uh, from the team. Yes, she she'll attest to this. Julian Jules Edelman 
or as uh, as they uh, call him, Minitron. <laughs> That's a good nickname. It is. That's a good nickname. I remember hearing Skip Bayless say that. <laughs> I don't know if other people say that, but yeah. Skip. Skip. Skippy. But yo, uh, it is. It's surreal to see him retire. I mean. I saw his break, his his uh, his body breaking down right before my eyes this season, and then when he could never get that knee right, um, it was just like I kind of knew the writing was on the wall. Look, little yeah. Tarzan even putting like the hearts right there. So she, yeah, she she loves she loves her some um, some Julian Edelman, man. Like we all do. Like and but, that girl after the Super Bowl definitely did. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but I never forget. I thought. This is me, like, opening up, like, you know, like, confessing a little bit. Like, I was, like, a, uh, through and through, I was a Wells Welker guy. Same. And I was thinking, like, who is this guy? This former, this this former quarterback? Nah, he ain't gonna be nothing like Wes Welker. Like, come on. Let's just keep Welker's. Oh, Welker's gone. Man, this guy is gonna be okay. He'll be okay, but he ain't gonna be, he ain't gonna be nothing special. And then, oh my gosh, was I wrong. <laughs> And I mean, it, that was a slow. De- that's another guy that whose development was was slow. Remember when he was thrust um, into like the uh, the main event when because that was when Walker tore his ACL like the week I think the week or so before the the playoff game be- uh, when we went against the Ravens. Yeah. And that's when like Ray Rice and them flexed on us that whole game. Yeah. And Brady had one of his worst playoff games. I think he I think that was his worst playoff game ever. Yeah, and like, and that was when uh, Edelman was in the starting lineup. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that was, and he was kind of forced into because he was largely like a special teams guy at that yep. point. He was like a backup, backup receiver. And then he had to be like um, opposite of Randy Moss. <laughs> no, and I remember, I remember too. Um, I remember being in your room and just talking and that stuff, and then like maybe taking peeks at the game and it was like, oh yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was the. What was that? The, the, it was like 34 to freaking 9 or something. And it started something out, like I think it started out with like an 80 plus yard run from Ray Rice. Yeah, yeah, it was like they were they were down by like a, a bunch of touchdowns. I remember because like... That was the first, I think it was like the first play, the first offensive of play of the Ravens. And they were like, they just set the tone for the rest of the game. Now I remember this because... And Ray um, Lewis ate us for lunch. <laughs> well, no, I remember this because I was... I woke up because I was. Uh, oh, Edelman greater than Gronk. Oh, oh, we'll oh, talk about are, that. Those are fine words. Mm-hmm. But but I remember because I woke up and I was like, I was hanging out with my girlfriend at the time, like that morning, um, into that afternoon, and you know I, I kind of mentally knew what time the game was starting, <laughs> uh, but we were like chatting or whatever, and. Um, and then she went off to do her thing, and I was like a few minutes late turning the TV on, and I turned it on, and it was twenty-one to nothing, and I was like, "Oh well." And then I just, then I just went and did something else with my day. I was just like, "All right, cool, we're I done think, here." I think that's what I did. I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna go next door and just like chill with this guy and <laughs> some other friends of ours." Uh, <laughs> but, but no. So the guy, the guy had very slow. The guy was slow to develop, but, you know, by, like, the 2014 season, which, if I remember right, was... No, I'm sorry, 2016 was the year that they won without Gronk. Um, mm-hmm. But, 
you know, by like 2014, he was like a, you know, probably the lead wide receiver on the team at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, kind of like the Josh Allen thing, that was all just development after he was drafted. He's the he's he's like the only wide receiver I know, like that the Patriots have drafted that actually developed into something. Yep, something great. And I would say, like, other than maybe like Marcus Colston, maybe the best seventh round draft pick. Receiver of all time, Marcus Colston. Like, didn't he? Was he like drafted from Hofstra, who don't have, who have a defunct football program now? Yeah, yeah, their their football team just doesn't exist anymore. Um, Dang. But, but yeah, um, he was a quarterback, man. Like, <laughs> he was an athletic scrambling quarterback from uh, Kent State. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but man. Edelman greater than Gronk. That is, that's a bridge too far for me. I think. But I mean, here's like here's the thing. Gronk is better because he lit. He literally opened things up for Edelman. If if the, if as a team, if we don't have that beast who who warrants you having to take safety help, you know, on the top here, in addition to having a corner or somebody there to try to, you know, you know, try to take attention uh, away from Gronk, uh, well, trying to uh, defend him and stuff, like, right. you don't get as, you won't have as, uh, Elman wouldn't have as many, as, uh, as much successful stats he's had. He would still be good, but they weren't be, they wouldn't be the great stats as he, he finished with New England with. Like, that's real because like Gronk though, even him being doubled or tripled, he could still like go in and get it because he was just too strong, too fast. Like he he just he was just physically gifted. The only thing that hurt him was just like injuries. But but he was when a, he was healthy, he was, he was a, unstoppable. He was he a, was Brady's favorite target, even over Elman. He was a giant man who had a very violent style of play, which just doesn't make for a long career. Well, uh, one of them was just like a routine play. Remember when like Belichick had him like blocking for special teams, like for an extra point, and it broke his forearm. Yeah. Like, and that and that lost him for that year. Yeah. Like for the rest of that year in the playoffs, he ended up losing that. Get a freaking metal plate. Yeah. Installed, but but like, oh, but but my reason, but when Gonk and when Gonk. <laughs> when Gronk, <laughs> when Gronk get, started getting hurt and stuff, that's when Brady had to like lean heavier on Edelman, and I think that's what really built that trust to that next level. Yeah, because I'm thinking he's like, I'm throwing, the, I'm, I gotta throw it to this guy because who else do I have? I mean, I got like you know, uh, I mean, I have like Abandola. I had like for a time, I had I have uh, uh, Malcolm Mitchell. Um, like I had like you know, um, like I had like some guys you know like you know who were who were okay receivers and stuff. But if I needed, if I if there was a guy I really needed, like in crunch time, I have Edelman. Yeah, and that's and, and that's how he did it. He like, yeah, get open, I'll get it to you. Okay, boom, boom. Teams know where it's going, but he's just so crafty and shifty. There's nothing they can do about it. And it's it's worth remembering that year. 2016, you know, the, um, the, uh, oh, Latardis says, who would win an arm, 
arm wrestling match, Brady or John Cena. John Cena would snap Brady's arm in half, especially a 43-year-old arm that that spent 20 plus years in the league. It's not even a contest, little Tardis. John Cena would just like take a. Have you seen him? He is jacked. He he was like a. I think he was like a bodybuilder before he even was a wrestler. John Cena, man. His his neck muscles have like little mini six packs. Yo. I tell you what would be a like what would be a good a good uh, uh, thanks for the the, uh, the idea though for an arm wrestling uh, you know scenario little Tardis here's one John Cena versus Aaron Donald in an arm wrestling ah. match now that like, I would pay money to see that yeah I feel like that would be like Superman punching the Earth so hard that it like exploded <laughs> I just I just see him like going at it for like. Three hours. Yeah. I'm trying to hold that. <laughs> that's the kind of that's the sort of kind of like, um, like meeting meeting of two forces that could like hold up the Golden Gate Bridge. Man, like that's like a feat of engineering. Oh, young Brady versus Cena. Like, still Cena was uh, Cena was snap him and ha- like Cena now versus young Brady. Like. Cena will still snap him because Brady didn't have any muscle. Like, you, see, you see the combine? Look up, look, look up the look combine. Up, look, look, up, look up the famous photo. Actually, hold on. Yeah, I, look I at the, just... the NFL combine, uh, you know, like, you know, footage or uh, f- photos of, of a young Tom Brady. He was he was not muscular at all. <laughs> he, was, he looked like an average Joe. <laughs> uh, I think I can do this. Uh, Brady in his prime. No, John Cena is John Cena is just in a, a different stratosphere when it comes to his pythons. <laughs> well, there you go. Little Tardis even Little Tardis even mentions Brady in his prime. I, I still would say John Cena, like like uh, Brady in his prime versus John Cena now. I guess post wrestling, Cena's still too strong. Yeah, Cena's still too strong. Uh, Brady is a little sticky. I mean, you should see him when he ran to 40. You should see him in a crowd. (laughs) (laughs) He definitely got it. He definitely got it. I was going to say, he 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 has seven of them now, right? While while he was wasted and through through a pass uh, with the Lombardi Trophy in in the river, like in the ocean, whatever, like... No, that was the. I know we're we're bouncing all over the place. I here, love I was, love this. This is what a podcast's all about, especially on Twitch. But that that was the thing about the Super Bowl that was so funny to me was how, <laughs> like all the post game stuff with them giving Brady the trophy and stuff, like how, just mundane it seemed for him. <laughs> like he like you know what I mean. He's just done it so many times. He was like it. it he looked and acted like a guy who was just another day at work. But, but <laughs> it's just so funny to me. But imagine, uh, what, did you say he wasn't like super excited because he's just been there? Been it, there was, it was very matter of fact. I, I uh, think, though. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I remember like he, he was like, you know, because Jim Nance is like socially distanced across the stage from him. And he was like, hey, can you like speak up or come closer? I can't hear you. Yeah, I was on it. <laughs> it's kind of awkward. Yeah, but I will. I mean, this, this, these, this, last, uh, this last year plus has been awkward. But, you know, we, we still we're still keeping on trucking, man. 
uh, as my mom would say. I mean, I was awkward before the pandemic, so you know, it's really just. But are you stronger for it's it? Really but, are you, but are you stronger though? Of That's course. the thing. Yeah. Sometimes you you only get stronger if you're like having to face adversity, and we all have. Agreed. And we still continue to, but things seem like they're things seem like they're gonna start turning a new turning a, a new leaf. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We just gotta keep grinding. Um, but. I think this victory was the sweetest for him, though, because I think he really wanted to prove, hey, I can do this without Belichick. I want to show that, hey, I'm not, I wasn't a product of the system, or that I can do it without, you know, the without the flying Elvis on my helmet. Yeah. Like I want to go to a new team, and like I want to say, show the world, hey, I can do this. And I guess like you see the internet comments, but like, well. Uh, well, Brady, uh, when he when he was like commenting about the uh, the the numbers, you know, ruling being not being dumb and stuff, people were like, well, if he showed me he can win without, you know, you know, uh, he can truly win, you know, you know, without a team carrying him and stuff. I'm like, I was like, what? my brain, my brain. I mean, it was something along the lines of that he needs to prove that he can carry a team. Has he done that? Like, you look at those Patriots teams. He didn't have elite talent. He didn't have elite talent. Shoot, this is the first time he had like elite talent like um, um, across the board. 07. 07, but we lost. We still lost. It counts as an L. We lost that Super Bowl. That was one of the best times we ever had offensively and defensively, but we couldn't close the deal. And also like the second half of his career throwing to literally the greatest tight end of all time. So like, it's a little disingenuous to say that he, I don't know. That's just a bad take all the way around. And, and then he's what, carried teams before. Yeah, and he's had like talented players to like. That's just that's just a dumb take. He has he but like but when the chips but when the chips were down, he put the team on his back and he won those games, man. Like yeah. come on, like twenty sixteen. I mean, I mean, yeah, man. Twenty twenty eight to three. Twenty eight to three. Twenty eight to three. <laughs> like, I mean, and come what, on. What was that, what was that score again? Do you remember what that score was? Was it twenty eight to three? It was twenty eight to three. <laughs> it was. Sorry, Atlanta fans. I'm sorry, but I mean, I just need to get like a mug and just like you know have that and just be like, just like during a podcast, like uh, a subsequent live podcast, just have like the a twenty eight to three mug and just like sipping coffee. Dude, I missed the golden dude. We should have both brought our Dan versus team mugs. Oh, and have man. a shot to the L man. Oh man, I will bring it next time. Yeah. For real. I'll uh, get I'll get some B roll of the of the mugs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um here, I'll uh I'll transition us real quick. Mm. Um But oh but like final thoughts of like uh the Edelman. Is he a Hall of Famer? No. Why? I wanna hear why. Tell me why. Tell me. Why do you not think he's a Hall of Famer? Oh, Toolman is uh, helping us out with some factual information here. He says, 28-3 with 2 minutes and 12 seconds left in the third. Uh, hey, man, I really appreciate that because I, you know, honestly, I, I sometimes... Sometimes I forget and I need to be reminded. I just like the Tom Brady, like... <laughs> yeah, I still have I still have Tom Brady up here on the screen. Just, um, that's the look of like future greatness, right there. Hey, tell you what, tell you what, let's do this because I can. Um, Tom Brady. Let's screen share real quick. You do not want to look at my OBS. 
Uh -oh. um, oh, yeah, that's ooh. Like organizational bullshit. Is that um, is that like a, is that Inception? Yes. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna just is, I wanna is, do an exercise here. It said stat head, but I thought it was fat head for like a split second. And I just want to say, like, I kind of hate this because I feel like I'm, like, arguing against the guy and it's like, I love him and he's one of my favorite players. Same here! Uh, but I just don't... You gonna crush my hopes and dreams right now? I'm gonna crush your hopes and dreams. Come on, don't do this to, don't do this to a brother, man! Um, so, oh, let me zoom in on the stats here. And I mean, there's some, there's some fantastic... Uh, numbers in here. Because remember, these first like three years, he was like largely a special teamer. 359, um, 86 yards. Actually, those first four years. But then, wow. you know, 100 catches, 92 catches. He got hurt this year, but was on a 100 catch pace. 98, 74, 100, and then he, you know, probably would have done. So, like, this right here, this is a like, I would say that's a six year peak. Um, and honestly, that's a guy with a crap ton of targets. He, he never scored, like, a ton of touchdowns, but just incredibly consistent. He was a great possession um, receiver, dude. But he only played for, what is that, 11 years. So that's 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 a strike. Um, and it's, it's a great peak, but it's, you know, again, I'm just trying to think of, like, other, of, like, other Hall of Fame receivers, like Torrey Holt. Uh, oh, I don't know boy. why that name is what popped into my head. But oh, just, boy. But, like, just for some comparison. So, like, Edelman had about 600-something career catches uh, and fewer yards, fewer touch. You know what I mean? Like, and honestly, was, I mean, wasn't it to say he had a total of, like, 6,000 or something? 6,000 yards or something? Yeah. For his career? Torrey Holt has, like, ten, over 10,000-plus like 10, yards. But anyway, again, like, I don't... I don't know. I, I almost don't even like doing this exercise because it, it feels like I'm, like, disparaging the guy. No, you're not. You're, and, you're, you're going by the facts here. And the and, fact is, he doesn't have... And I, I can tell you, like, he don't have Jerry Rice numbers. He don't have Torrey Holt numbers. He don't I, have Randy Moss numbers. But I do want to switch back here because I think if there is an argument for him being in the Hall of Fame... It's probably this, and I have to I have to switch this around real quick. But I want to. I think this is an important point to make. Clutch, clutch play, game so play. So clutch. If we go here to playoff game logs, uh, it's worth noting that effectively he has a season's worth of games. It's uh, set nineteen games, so a little bit over a full NFL season. But in those games, hundred and eighteen catches. A, you know, 65% catch percentage, which is very good. Uh-huh. Uh, he has, uh, he has a rushing touchdown, so trick play. He has a 51-yard a touchdown pass. Uh, so, you know, essentially the guy delivered a, what was effectively a, like, you know, top five best receiver in the NFL seasons worth of games in the playoffs and you know in like Super Bowls and shit when it mattered the most and that is you know I always thought that like the like how many wide receiver Hall of Famers got Super Bowl MVPs only a handful one of which was Deion Branch mm -hmm. uh, but, but he's not a Hall of Famer 
But he's not a Hall of Famer either, right? And he honestly didn't even have as good a career as Edelman. Um, Deion Branch was like was 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 key though in those early Super Bowls. So like the clutch gene does, should take some form of account. Yeah, and you can't you can't judge him like by statistics. As I looked, I was like, oh my god, that's those, those were much lower than I thought. <laughs> right. So you open up my eyes to that, and it's and that's the thing, right? I, it's just surprising. Like, it's surprising just now. I thought, I thought he'd played for fifteen or sixteen years, like mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but it feels like it feels that long. But I knew I was like, oh, oh nine. But dang, I didn't know his first four years were like you know kind of like duds like that. Yeah. Like, oh. So, I mean, slow development. But, mm-hmm. you know, because I always think of, like, when, especially, like, towards the end of Derek Jeter's career. Jeter. How, like, the clutch thing was, like, supposedly, like, a huge part of his Hall of Fame resume. And it's like, eh. Like, the guy played in a crap ton of playoff games in his career because he was on good teams literally his entire, <laughs> all 20 seasons of his career. <laughs> So, yeah, he played essentially, like, two extra seasons worth of games or whatever mm-hmm. uh, and was very good in them. Um, but, you know, if you really look closely, it's really not that far off from his career numbers. There's something to not being way worse in clutch situations, and I think that's really what you mean when you say clutch is guys who don't do like that one James Harden playoff game where he clearly just wanted no part of actually playing basketball that night. Yeah. Uh, I guess like, but like, I guess one knock you could say, but then again, like, I don't know who's really fault is like, he didn't drop that one pivotal catch in like Super Bowl 46. Cause like, I remember that because Giselle blasted him for it. She, she had that comment. It was like, uh, my husband can't throw and catch the football. Oh, against the Eagles. Yeah, that no, took me. A th- it, it was the uh, Giants. Oh, oh, yeah. Because we could have wow. sealed it, but, yeah. but then he, he he dropped it. And then Welker had a drop in that game too, from what I remember. No, no, was that was that Welker? Was it? No, no, that no. Was, that was Welker. 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 That was Welker. Oh, oh, that's right. And then that's when we like dropped him. Yeah, it was like that's a, right. Like a season or two after that, yeah. The, that's the right. Broncos signed Welker to like take him away from us. But anyway, <laughs> I was I was um, sad when we let him go, and I was like, oh well, consolation prize, Danny Amendola. Then as a guy who didn't really perform great in the season, but then he was big game Danny in the playoffs. Yeah, like, became like a, <laughs> another like clutch playoff performer. Um, but the Patriots are scrappy white guys as wide receivers just performing in the playoffs. <laughs> More than the Duke factory. <laughs> but I always weird. say, I always say that the original blueprint for that player was Troy Brown. He what was can the, Brown do for you, bro? Like that was that was the original that guy Patriot. I, um, look up look up Troy Brown's uh, career stats. Then I'm, I'm really curious now. Oh yeah, it's it's actually not probably not as good as you're thinking. Uh, which is interesting because really? he, he really only had like two or three like what you would consider like elite uh, 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 seasons. I, I just remember he played with uh, I remember he uh, he uh, he played alongside Terry Glenn at one point. Yeah. Early in his career. Uh, da, 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 da. Troy. Troy Vincent. <laughs> Troy Vincent. <laughs> I don't know who um, that is. Oh, I got to pull up the screen share again. Uh, it is neat that I can do this, though. It is. Uh, 
So here we got Troy Brown, Troy Fitzgerald Brown. Uh, yeah, he only had 30, 31 touchdowns, fewer catches. Fewer oh, yards. so he had fewer. Um, oh, okay. But like the, the yards are about on par. And I mean, yards. basically, his peak is this is like these three seasons right here. Oh, we uh, started winning them Super Bowls. <laughs> yep. And he was really kind of like a bit player for the rest of his, you know, like a like a you know third receiver, and then obviously he like filled in as a cornerback at one point. <laughs> that was great, and he forced that fumble. <laughs> God. Troy and again, Brown. like you know, to me, like one of my all-time favorite Patriots because of stuff like that. Troy Brown just uh, knew how to, he just knew how to play the sport of football. Yep. Dude. Uh, but anyway, no. Elman was an amazing player, and again, like to me, is like you know, if I had been, if I had been that age during Edelman's career, he would have been like my Troy Brown, you know, mm-hmm. my uh, my you know favorite. Because you know, same thing. Like everybody loves an underdog too, you know. I mean, like the Brady creation myth of being a sixth round pick and everything. It's sort of the same thing at play, you know, the guy who everybody overlooked. Who showed up day one and just said, "All right, what can I do?" Be fair though, you know? they, he he had talent. He he played in the Big Ten, so that counts for something. Well, Ellen played in a small mark. He played in like a, a like what I guess a a small D one school like that with with a lesser known uh, you know conference and was like yeah. just and was a quarterback who was never going to play quarterback in the NFL. You know, with his play style and stuff, and not being able to make you know make the throws. So the and odds didn't, of, the and odds, did, sorry, and didn't selfishly insist on still playing the position, unlike somebody else. Is it, didn't that guy like play minor league baseball? Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> he played in the Mets system for a while. I think he actually played better uh, baseball than than football. Yeah, surprisingly. Anyway, I mean. <laughs> sorry, I derailed your point to make a joke about Tim Tebow, and I'm sorry. Tim Tebow is 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 the man, though. He's he's cool. He's like, how can you like? You see him smile and stuff. He got like that that slick that 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 hair that hair gelled and everything like that. I'm like, how can you like not like not smile when you see him? And you know what? <laughs> Smart guy because mm-hmm. he was like a darling of conservatives back then. But he has very wisely kind of distanced himself from, like, conservatism now. Oh, that's what's up. Because he's smart and he knows that if he, you know, you know, said gross, disgusting things on television, he'd probably lose his job. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, I got, that, that reminds me. I got, uh, I'm going to finish uh, this, like, whoa. Oh, okay. What I was going to say is, like, Elman's, like, uh, Elman as a as a NFL prospect, was expected to fail. Yep. Like, Agreed. expected to fail. Seventh round, a lot of those guys don't make the roster. Yep. Most don't. Especially when you're transitioning from uh, one position to another. It's, like, it's very hard to just switch positions. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you got to have, like, you got to have the athleticism. You got to have the grit. You got to have the heart. And you got to be in a great coaching situation. Like, as you said, the slow development. There's teams that ain't going to let you develop. He was able to play behind Randy Moss, Wes Walker, and them be primarily a special teams guy and learn on the job. And then once those guys left, then he was the man to be looked at. And that's when he shined. But he had to be in that environment and be given the room to grow. And he was willing to do stuff like 
Special teams. Learn how to field punts. Which is one of the which is one of the most dangerous things in the in the sport. You know what I mean? Like he was just like, I got to do something. You know, and then later on in his career, he still like return punts. He did for a little while there. <laughs> um, and I think at one point, like I remember somebody else like muffing a punt in a game, and Bill got pissed off. I think so he, he I'm sent Edelman back in there, I, even even though he was like the number one receiver at that point. I don't know if it was Evan Dillon that muffed it, or it was like somebody else. I can't remember. Yeah, but anyways, um, but yeah. Uh, we love no, Cyrus Jones, I think. Oh, gosh. And, and think about it this way, too. He was good enough that he made me forget who else wore number 11 for the Patriots. So, mm. uh, Who, Eric Bledsoe? <laughs> <laughs> Drew Bledsoe, we love you, man. But, yeah, seeing those numbers, does he stack up with the Hall of Fame wide receivers? No, but... You just have to wait. Like, you just have to wait and see. But I, if I look at his resume as a whole, the the clutch the the clutch games, the clutch performances he had, the championships he's had, like him, um, him helping out Brady, like without Elman, I think you take away two championships. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like Brady like, ain't the Brady. Like he would still be Brady, but. He, he wouldn't be like out of this world, Brady, without at least Elman in some of those games, especially that Super Bowl of 28 to 3 when he made that amazing catch that netball was just it just like an inch away of touching the ground. And then he had enough balls to double clutch it. Yes. Uh, but from but, a clutch standpoint, Hall of Fame numbers, no. And I guess the point, I guess really the point I'm trying to make is it's okay if he's not a Hall of Famer. Like, I. Like, James White's not a Hall of Famer, but I don't think that in any way diminishes, like, how important he was to, like, that era and to the team. Yeah, Yeah, like, he's just a freaking great player, and it's not, it's, you know, it's, like, it's the Hall of, like, honestly, I honestly... Definitely Ring of Honor. Definitely Ring of Honor and Pages Hall of Fame. Yes. And, like, people would remember who he is for the rest of... For the rest of their life, like even like even people who hate the Patriots, they'd be like, "It's like man, back in the day, like I could just see people like you know who who like our age, they grew up, you know, being like being parents of their own. They'd be like, yeah. like uh, mommy or daddy, like uh, what what made the Patriots so dangerous? That darn Edelman, man, you just couldn't guard him. Brady was something, Grunk was something, but that dude, the guy that would always somehow find a way to like sneak into an open spot or just. You know, and then a Ravens fan just talking about that time when he threw that damn touchdown pass, <laughs> or that time that he made a catch on a Super Bowl winning drive, and then just freaking got walloped by Cam Chancellor, and then bounced up, and then caught the ball the next play too. Who was probably mildly concussed, but probably, you know, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna miss you, Edelman, because. Uh, you know. You've earned your retirement, man. Yeah. And we will, we will oh. always remember you. Whether you make the Hall or not, dude, you're definitely going to make the Patriots Hall for sure. But, like, There's, you don't have to make the Hall of Fame to, like, make an impression because we will remember your name and the, and the presence that you left. 
And, uh, yeah, Toolman said nothing wrong with role players. I agree very much so, and I would argue... Role players are really what makes helps you win championships, honestly. Role players are literally what... At least to me, like, that's what I remember about all those different Patriots teams was like, you know... I mean, Malcolm Butler, you know, the undrafted corner, <laughs> you know... But, like, you know, all of the sort of misfit cast-off players that were on, especially the first few championships. Antoine Smith, David Givens, David Patton. Yeah. Jermaine Wiggins. Yep. And uh, Kevin Falk, who was, like, kind of the bit player to end all bit players, you know. Uh, (laughs) Kevin Falk paved the way for James White. Yeah. No. Belichick's like, I need to keep having guys like that. That's, that's basically, he, he, he loved Kevin Falk so much that he, like, just kept trying to draft Kevin Falk over and over again. Um, Shane Vereen. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, but, uh, uh, Corey Dillett. Yeah. He was but, already a star, though. But let's, uh, so I think we, I Every say, time, Adam. Yes. No, you know, uh, before we get into this, is actually going to be kind of a serious topic, but uh, I, I was thinking about that the other day. That yeah, we we were so obsessed with that State Farm commercial with Chris Paul and Trevor Reza and James Harden, <laughs> and literally none of them are on the Rockets anymore as oh, of the spring, goodness. or as of I guess like that was like fall when Harden got traded. And he is the um, coach and he is the GM. So you're right. Yeah, no, literally everybody is gone now. Which I don't is think just anybody insane. from the Rockets uh, roster is there anymore. Even PJ Tucker's gone. Who is? Okay, here's one. We were talking about coaches earlier. I think P.J. Tucker's gone from them. I think so, yeah. We were talking about coaches earlier in the NFL, and, man, is there there an NBA coach who is more star-crossed than by D'Antoni, who, like, has had such a massive influence on the sport and has coached so many good teams over the years and has just been that close to a ring so many times and has just never gotten it and never will now. Oh, man. Um, that just that that's one that makes me a little sad because I like when I so when I got into watching uh, basketball was right on the tail end of that like few years where the Pistons were really good when they had like Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Billups and that whole team. Big um, oh Ben Wallace and the team that I gravitated towards because the Celtics were like garbage at that point they were terrible <laughs> the, they, um, the Celtics used to have Chauncey Billups yeah just a yeah. big shot but, um, but then they just didn't know how to utilize them but you know the, the Celtics at that point were like Paul Pierce and like nobody else they and, had, and also they, coached they, by Rick Pitino they had no, no, they they didn't have Rick Pitino as coach at that point. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was actually, believe it or not, here's the funny thing is, Doc Rivers was their coach at that point. Oh, yeah! <laughs> because remember, Doc Rivers... That's where he came from, like, commentating. Was, everybody thought he was terrible. Yeah. the team sucked. Yeah, and, and, he, he went from commentating to that. I thought, they, I thought he sucked to it first. They went through that, like, garbage, awful, like, season where they lost, like, 19 games in a row and they had Delonte West and, 
uh, all that stuff. Delonte West. And fans were like, you know, on blogs, like calling for Doc Rivers' job. And then it turns out, you know, when he got good players, stuff happened. But anyway, that's all beside the point. The Celtics were terrible, so the team that I liked to watch the most was the Suns. The Suns. The, the seven seconds or less Suns with MVP Steve Nash and fucking Boris Diaw and um, Amare Stoudemire and freaking Leandro Barbosa. Like, what, what, sharpshooter coming Sha- off the bench. Sean Marion? Sean Marion, yeah. What is, what is uh, the shooting right? Yeah, the like, the, like <laughs> diagonal, like... Um, you just chuck the ball in, uh, yeah. uh, in the air, it just goes in. Yeah. But, so I just, I have like a special place in my heart for Mike D'Antoni, and it makes me sad that he's like, I'm sure he'll he'll probably be a Hall of Fame coach, but like, it just makes me sad that he won't get a ring. But. Too, too bad you couldn't get into the Suns before that. You would have been, you would, you would have been like, uh, watching Charles Barkley, <laughs> the round mouth of rebound. Shut up, shut up and jam, guy. <laughs> Barkley. Uh, but, no, unfortunately, uh, we have to talk about uh, a story involving the other best young NFL quarterback under 25. Um, and, oh, uh, I ain't ready. Oh, you, oh you probably, I ain't ready. You probably have an inkling, but I really think that we cannot... Oh, I'm not ready. We cannot let this pass without talking about it. So, oh, gosh, I'm ready to talk about DMX. But we'll talk about him another stream. Yeah. But, like, yeah, we have to talk about this. Because, you know... You can't avoid the, the hard the hardness, man. You can't. Something, something that I'm proud of about this show over the years is that we have not shied away from, like, shit that's really uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah! And this is another one, so... Yeah. Um, this is sort of like our, ther- like, our like uh, uh, pseudo-therapy in uh, sessions. Like, we just talk things out, you know? So, you know, as you... I mean, again, if you have a pulse and you're following the sports world, you... You know, you know what's going on with Deshaun Watson and Ugh. the fact that there is 20-something women that are all that all have very similar stories about mm-hmm. being sexually assaulted during massage sessions. And mm. it's, I mean, again, like if you are, if you are not the kind of person that gets squeamish or feels gross, I mean, feel free to go read the legal briefs. Mm. I couldn't get through all of them Jeez. because it made me feel very uncomfortable. Um, Yikes. But so we're in this position, and what's, it's one of those things where, you know, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I'm too cynic. I'm like too cynical to be shocked by things anymore, but like, I was genuinely shocked by this. Uh, how could you not? And you have a guy with a squeaky clean image, and all of a sudden, the, you know, it, it just hits, everything just hits the fan. Go ahead. And little Tara says, Bly Watson. Yes, I agree. Bly Watson. Can, like, we just, can we just say that and then that's the whole segment it's just, and then we can talk about something fun now? Yo, like, um, it was funny. Is I, got a, I got a book that has, like, Deshaun Watson on the cover. And I'm like, I'm just afraid to, like, even get near the book. I haven't even read it yet. But, like, it's just, like, I can't just see it. Like, you almost, feel, in this you light almost right feel, like, queasy. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's like, you know... Yeah, his image up until this was, you know... He was like he was like the upstanding that, citizen. Yeah, that like, smiling face, nice young man, you know. Uh, like, Warwick Dunn bought his mom a house. 
man. Like Skip Bayless and, uh, you know, was said, like, if you if I was given a list of like names like hundred names you know of NFL players, and you and you say like one of these players like was involved in this, he said I would have uh, I would have had Deshaun Watson at the very bottom as least likely. Me too. Yeah, and that's how that's how shocking and this is because it's like it's like you seeing this good guy all of a sudden like just becoming like becoming the heel. And just out of nowhere, it's it's like it, it makes me think. It, it's like it's like Hogan, you know, turning it, uh, you know, uh, betraying Macho Man Randy Savage and joining the NWO without the fun. But it's but without the fun of being the bad guy. This is like you don't want to be the bad guy. This it's, is it's this like, is the it's like ter- a person. This is the terrifying, traumatic kind of bad guy. Yeah, you wouldn't expect and this person to ever be the bad guy, but when he is. It's not like it's not the oh cool I want to be 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 bad too you know like you know yeah NWO for life this is like oh no whoa no I can never picture you being bad or picture you being the situation and it's disgusting like right and um, I want to believe he's innocent but the numbers just it with with the amount of women coming forward. Including uh, a couple who who put their names and 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 uh, faces uh, to uh, 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 to this, it it is uh, it is very hard to like discount you know this this stuff like it's I it's it's, it's hard more it's harder and harder for me to like believe some form of innocence because right. you and... got that that amount of numbers like. It, that's not like even even if you're like completely innocent, it's not a good look. It looks like you have it's, like a behavioral problem, right? And I just it's really hard to imagine. And again, we're like talking about this like like he's guilty, and it hasn't even played out in the court system yet. But like, but it's like I don't know how you can look at how can like, you come back from this though. Even I don't, if you, I don't know how you can look at that and, and see anything other than like. A person with a really, really disturbing pattern of intentional behavior, and mm-hmm. that's what I don't know. I just you know, a most of us never get into what I would say are like social misunderstandings mm-hmm. that would appear to an observer like sexual assault. That doesn't really happen in normal everyday life, for one. Mm-hmm. But also, even if it did. You probably wouldn't get into that situation twenty something times. That's repeatedly. That's the kicker. Like, and I, we don't. And I mean, that's just what we know. Like, you know, if he if he loved women, like that's that's fine. But like, if but as we were, ta- we were talking, you know, off, you know, before the before the show, like, if he had like you know one to like five women in his circle, then. Less, I guess, it it would be less intense. Here, it's just you. It's it's hard to like look at you know look at the the people who are you know who are, who have these who brought these accusations forward and stuff, and it's hard. It's it's like it becomes more and more hard to believe. Like you know you know is this uh, is this for clout or or is are they telling the truth or what? Like at that point, it's like. If 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 the same if 
each woman is saying a similar story, and this is like twenty times over. And it's that's yeah, what it makes me. It's hard and harder for me to believe believe uh, that you were you know you know believe that you uh, you Deshaun Watson was the victim in this. Well, that's what that's what struck me when I the ones that I could like stomach to get through, but. Reading the reading the descriptions from each of the the case filings is how like similar each of them like it was to a pattern like a very distinct pattern. So and, and when patterns happen, and that's that's and when the trouble really happens when there's a pattern. And again, like scores of different people don't just suddenly all decide to make up the same thing at once. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that just... that That's not possible. Mm-hmm. So, it's... Yeah, it just... It, it, it's just one of those things... I, I, and, mm. and, you know, to top it all off, it's going to play out very publicly through the court system, and it's going to get ugly... Uh, he hired the lawyer who, like, famously defended uh, the estate of Anna Nicole Smith's former husband when they were trying to basically not give her money after he died. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's great. Um, and I don't know. And I mean, I... I don't know. I This is one where I'm really at a loss other than, like... I, you know, I hope that the women involved are, Mm -hmm. like, it was really frustrating to see that the judge actually ruled that they all have to reveal their identities, so that's great. Um, That's a safety hazard. Yes, it is. So, that's why I said, like, it's going to play out in the court system very publicly, and it's going to get ugly, and it is going to get... Real gross. It's gonna get way grosser than it is now. And that and that's the and that's the that's the court system stuff. Like we're not we're not talking about as my wife has uh, has opened my eyes to. We're talking. What about the uh, before the case? And what about the aftermath? These women's lives, like regardless of what happens, they are gonna they're gonna be viewed in a negative light by everybody. They're gonna be accused of you're the one that like. that uh that destroyed my football team. You ruined like, football. Yeah, you ruined football. You ruined one of the greatest play, one of the uh, greatest uh, you know, new generational talents and stuff. This is all your fault. Even though you know they they're like, hey, like what it, uh what they want them to do, like you know you know sit quietly and deal with the pain and shame that they went that they went through, or you know go through um or, or go through with this and you know seek justice. And then uh, what? And then what they get in their for their troubles, like verbal or, or or physical abuse from from the outside world. So it's so it's a lose lose. And, that, and, and, like, and, and that's a damn shame. Which also kind of kind of really reinforces the point, right? Because like literally, what sane person would just voluntarily sign up for that exactly. if they didn't feel they had to? And to be fair, and after in aftermath. If it say he gets fired and he loses his contract and everything, he's still gonna pick, get picked up by a team. He'll show his stuff and then he'll earn another contract and stuff and he'll bounce right back. 
Look what happened with Antonio Brown. I was going to say, I was just going to say that, that, yeah, Antonio Brown, you know, settled the lawsuit with Brittany Taylor. I don't know what happened with any of the other accusers that he had, but he was... He had his, you know, eight-game suspension or whatever, and then he came back, and then he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and everything was hunky-dory. So he got, yeah, he got a ring. But, like, so what's the worst situation right now? I mean, I guess and after and after our boy Brady was like vouching for him to come back. So, <laughs> well, I guess so. Like, there you go. I guess obviously this is like you know, obviously this is the a worst situation because from the sheer numbers, but from a reputation standpoint, like you know. What 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 is what's the worst uh, what's the worst situation? Um, um, uh, who has the worst situation? Like uh, uh, Watson or Antonio Brown? Like in terms of reputation. I mean, clearly it's Watson because yeah, like barring with like the like I guess like uh, you know outside of like you know the sheer numbers. Because as we as we all know, whether it's. Whether it's Ben Roethlisberger, who, you know, had multiple accusers himself once upon a time, mm. uh, being allowed to play out the second half of a Hall of Fame career, or whether it's Kobe Bryant, who, again, remember how when Kobe Bryant came back, he changed his number and had the whole, per- like, villain person. That's when the Black Mamba thing, like, started, was him coming back from a sexual assault I think that happened like Case. a couple years. I think it happened like like several years after that. No, no, no. When he came back, he changed his number. No, I know the number he changed, but like I don't think he went by the Black Mamba moniker until I think a few years after that, or, or several years after that. I can't, I can't remember. I, I might be getting the timeline a little bit. Wrong, I don't know, but, like, <laughs> but I do remember the number. My point is clearly, at least by like the standards that we apparently established as a society, really. You just have to wait around for a little while for it to like fade from public consciousness, and then all is forgiven, apparently. So, and if you have uh, the, if you have the skills to pay the bills, like right. it's also that helps people forget as well. And if you can write, if you can, if you have like world, you know, world class, renowned athletic talents, then everybody just kind of conveniently forgets things. Think, think, um, think of what. Imagine this. What if he, like, he falls from grace, loses loses everything. And then a team called the Patriots picks him up, and all of a sudden, just like they just become world beaters again. You know what? Because if that, that happened, and I'm putting this on record right now, and I'm dead serious. If that happened, I would never root for the team again. Mm. That would be a that would to me that is so fu- that's so much worse than trading Mookie Betts in his prime. That is. I'm never coming back. Well, what about that? New- is that's a bridge too far for well, me. Well, thing is, New England. Uh, they they knew of like you know the ongoing case with uh, Antonio Brown and they still picked him up. Fair. But, and we hadn't even and we hadn't even heard the full evidence and stuff yet. No, with, I with mean it. so so right. we have to wait and see. But I I do see what you're saying because right now it doesn't look good, and like he really didn't help his case when putting himself in that position. You know, like it's you are you're you're this famous guy. And you can't like be, you know, scouting people like on Instagram and all that stuff, man. You you can't do that. You can't just like spread yourself out, you know, all, you know, across like throughout the, uh, you know, this world and stuff without it, not you know, without the risk of it catching up to you. Like if you're if you're doing like something wrong or sketchy, 
eventually it does it does come back around, man. Like as it was was done to dark, it does come to light. And I think, you know, like it, I don't know, like are there misunderstandings? I don't know, maybe. But he but when there's like twenty cases of this, twenty different people who are accusing you of doing like similar things and stuff, it's habitual. And again, and that, like and that is hard to shake. Because regardless, his regardless of what happens, whether he's innocent or guilty, his rep is is tanked. Yeah. Regardless. So, I mean, he already owns like his 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 um his his endorsements already been suspended. Yep. So so yeah. they, so they're not even waiting for any verdicts or anything. They're like, uh, uh-uh. mm mm So he so when it's all said and done, he's going to end up losing everything. Uh, well, no, because. Like, He'll still have, he'll get a job, but... If he's, okay, even if he is, say, convicted and goes to jail for 30 years or whatever, he still, even in that, like, absolute most extreme scenario, will not have to give back the, like, millions that he's already earned. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's the cruel truth of American society, I guess, that, you know... You can go through all of that and still be infinitely better off in life than either you or I. Mm-hmm. And uh, or he that, he can bounce but, back. I mean, look look what happened to Michael Vick. He went to prison for a couple of years and he bounced back. But but anyway, that's all. I honestly kind of almost didn't want to make this segment about him because I feel like you know that's we had to talk about I, it. It's always well. I mean, like it's always what happens, right? When like. When, like, there's a story like this about a powerful man, the story becomes how it affects the powerful man and his reputation or career. And you know what I mean? And it's like... Are we talking about Tony Montana? Well, like... (laughs) But but you know what I mean? Like, Like, that becomes the story instead of, like, you know, and it, like, the actual, like, victims become almost, like, ancillary to the process... You know, and it's like... Until that person gets their comeuppance. And it's like, you know, I mean, the... the Wait, you, did you say the process? I did say the process. Trust the process, Sam Yankee. But, but hmm. no, and I just, you know, reading some of those stories and, like, in some cases, some of the women, like, literally, like, gave up and, like, stopped being in the business because they were so skeeved out by that. Mm. And, you know, I just... I don't know. There's not there again. There's like there's not there's no there's no humor to be had here. There's not a happy ending for this segment. It's just not. And I realize now that those super portraits of words. Um, uh, you're good. But like it's just a shitty thing. And my hot take is that people shouldn't be sexual predators. Yeah. <laughs> um. You just you just gotta be responsible, man, with like it's, what you do, and like be careful in how you treat people, man, because it if you're doing wrong, it does come back. It really isn't. It, it just comes back. And again, I just oh god, it like it really isn't hard to just like be a normal fucking person. Again, you and I. Go out into the world, right? We have like, no choice though, because our minds aren't warped with money, like well, more money that we could ever imagine having. 
But there's plenty of people with money who don't, who aren't, like, repeat sexual offenders, right? Like, some, like, there are people even who have tremendous positions of, like, privilege and power in life who aren't, who don't become shitty monsters. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it really isn't that hard to, like, go, to just, like, again, like, be a normal person and just exist in the world and, like, interact with people and treat and anyway, and it's not the saying I, that like the Sean Watson that we grew to know isn't that the Sean Watson. There's probably there's just some there's just skeletons in his closet. Like he's still the Sean Watson. It's just now like you know I don't want to see him as a predator yet until like hear more stuff. But it's it's also hard not to not think about that. Like I'm in the middle. Like I'm I want to wait and see, but. Either way, it's, I'm, like, disappointed in him because he put himself in a such, in such a, you know, sticky situation with, you know, being involved with, you know, all these people and stuff and, you know, having these similar, you know, encounters or actions that are being described. Like, that's, that's signs of, like, of, like, you know, you know, like, some kind of behavior problems or maybe an addiction. I don't know. Like, but yeah, like he's he's a he's a good guy because you you never saw you know he you never saw him being this terrible human being like I could totally see that with like I could totally understand like you look at like because there's a difference you look at Antonio Brown like yeah I could totally see him doing that easy like especially with all this the strings of behave bad behavior he had off the field and stuff you never heard that like uh, about Deshaun Watson I'm sure he's still a, an upstanding so, uh, you know upstanding citizen stand up guy. But you're still human, and you I, make and you make missteps, you make mistakes like that, and sometimes big ones. So I I also wonder, <laughs> and this is really but people super gonna, like super beside the point. But people are just gonna wonder who's the real Deshaun Watson. I what I wonder is if there's and we may never know, but. Uh, I, I kind of wonder if there's some people around Clemson who are real nervous right now because they know some things that they shouldn't or that they maybe should have done something about. Uh, so, but you think it goes that far? I don't know. I mean, there are lots of people around Urban Liars program in Florida who knew some stuff about Aaron Hernandez and who just kind of were like, Make him pray with Tim Tebow, and that'll fix it. I mean, I guess it worked for a little bit, and then he got then he went then he uh, then they went their separate ways. So but, I don't know. Anyways, I yikes! I don't, and you know that that's Ugh. just just the final point to wrap this up. It's it's funny how, and we I think we I really struggled through all of this because, like, I think. And you could you could see it playing out in real time after Kobe passed away last year, where mm-hmm. literally nobody knew how to talk about the the uh, the sexual assault case mm-hmm. because it's like you know there's all this cultural stigma about well you shouldn't disparage the dead and stuff, but then it's like but you really can't talk about him without talking about that, but. You know what I mean? And so it's like... And everybody just took the easy way out and was like a complicated man. And, you know, it's like we have this thing where we, we mince words a lot when maybe we shouldn't. 
because um, I think maybe part of maybe part of pushing back against how prevalent this is in culture, mm -hmm. which I think is the the real thing that like is is still now incredibly common and you know is I think like you know naming it and saying it out loud and not you know it's complicated it's adversity it's you know what I mean no it's it's sexual assault <laughs> uh, anyways um, yeah so that was a yeah. super uplifting segment uh, for Dang. our wonderful show oh um, boy oh my um, oh my gee so uh, uh what else what else should we should we cover before we get on out of here um I think we should uh we should maybe let's do a detox mmm put me on a spot man <laughs> okay well um here I'll start um, no, I'm good. I I think I've I've I actually been mowing some stuff in my head, but hey, yeah, you can okay, go okay, okay. Hmm. No, hit me. If you... Actually, I'm, I'm curious what you're gonna start with. Oh, uh, I was really just gonna gonna briefly talk about. Um, so I last Saturday uh, got my second dose of the COVID nineteen vaccine. Woo! So I am fully vaccinated. I am still waiting out the incubation period. And just in general, you know, that's why we're sitting far apart and we are both wearing PPE. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll continue to do so even after the incubation period because it still is important to avoid spreading the virus further. I just want to drive that point home. Mm -hmm. um, but, and again, I know, I know that our show is not does not have a wide reach, but I would just say, hey, uh, if you're on the fence about it, please consider it. It's important, and it will, again, even if you're not worried about the virus, it helps keep other people safe. It's the, there's, there, we really don't get many opportunities anymore in a, like, fiercely individualistic culture to express a show of solidarity and care and maybe even like love towards other human beings mm. but a like simple act to keep yourself and other people safe is a lovely way to do that and you get to brag about it on social media um <laughs> so you know and and i just wanted to i just wanted to say that like i genuinely like feel a little bit of like hope for for a change and which is funny to say after we just like feel like went through the depths of hell a few minutes ago but that's but, but that's but that's part of it that's part of the hope though right and honestly i mean i think the last year was us going through like the depths of hell and you know here we are a lot of us are getting vaccinated and are at least maybe slowly and again like it, it's up to everybody's comfort level and obviously like you know to please do things safely but like mm -hmm you know, like, people are, like, slowly getting back to doing things again and sort of getting back to, I don't want to say living normal lives because I don't, 
I don't like the idea of like, oh, we're just going to go back to the way things were before. Oh, it never are. <laughs> it's going to be the new normal. Going back to living their lives. I think that's yes, a better way to phrase it. It is. Um, and, you know, for me, like, I play in a band. So, like, at some point, I'm going to be on a stage again, hopefully, you know. And for all of us, you know, maybe those of us who, like, used to love going to the movies and, like... Oh, the movies, you know, man. Or, Remember or that? Going to bars or going to the... I guess nobody goes to the mall anymore, but... You know, whatever. Like, any sort of thing that, you know... Hey, the food courts are pretty cool at the malls, though. <laughs> yeah. So, I just wanted to say, you know, I... I just... I feel encouraged about that. And, you know, I was going to say that... And I mentioned that earlier, but, you know, the thing... You know, the Super Bowl was in Tampa... So, you know, it was the first uh, ever, like, home stadium for a Super Bowl team. Mm -hmm. And it happened to be the stadium with the friggin' stupid pirate ship in it, um, <laughs> which is just amazing. Um, but, you know... Too bad I didn't use it, though. Yeah. they wanted to make it as neutral as possible. But, you know, they panned, you know, they panned around the stadium, and, and I was like, fuck, there's a lot of people there. And, and you know, the funny thing is... Then it was like later in the broadcast they mentioned, oh yeah, this is our, it's it's nine thousand vaccinated healthcare workers, and you know this was in like early February when before most people had had their shots, and I, mm -hmm. I, I like I like got a little choked up because I was just like, oh my goodness, it's like they they get to like do things, it's mm -hmm. great, oh my mm -hmm. goodness, um, so, you know, it's, it's a good thing, and here's to all of us like getting back to. Uh, Getting back to the business of living. Yeah. And, like, you basically were saying, like, you know, what I was going to say, uh, you know, it was just, like, keeping the hope and keeping the faith. Like, you know, we are moving forward towards, uh, you know, towards some form of normalcy. We still got work to do. And that's where, you know, I'm, what I'm going to, uh, like, what I was going to talk about. Like, I'm really glad you talked about it, So I don't really have to, I just, uh, you don't think I do just add, like, this like last year it that you just call for what it was it was hell and just the grind that whole like that the whole calendar year was a grind how to rethink and redo ev everything that that were like you know that we didn't we didn't think twice about we had to rethink how um how we were going to interact with people. We had to rethink about how we were going to work. We had to re we had to just like rethink absolutely everything. Like, and then, then like everything you took for granted straight up, you know, it was just straight up, like became just difficult. Like, especially like, you know, whether it was like not being able to see people or, you know, um, you know, item shortages, you know, it was hard to get t paper towels and toilet paper. Um, and a, a market that's even being affected now, like, you know, you know, the, sh uh, the, uh, the ship electronics. And yeah. Like the ship. Yeah. The shipping industry and stuff. Like, yeah. uh, remember for the longest time, I remember at one point, you know, Amazon at one point they couldn't do like the two day shipping because they were, they had the, uh, 
important items. You know, like, uh, they had them. They had yeah. other items at higher priority. So, so that two day shipping that they they pride themselves and had to take a bit of a back seat. Yep. So that was something that we took for granted for. You know, like computer stuff. Like it take like. Especially it's being impacted now. Well, I guess it's now it's more also because of the the chip shortage as well. But you know, because of COVID nineteen, a lot of people staying home. Like uh, I remember guys like Review Tech USA and other people were talking about this when the pandemic hit, forcing everybody to stay at home. Everybody it, wanted. It was game, so funny. Everybody switches and game up uh, PlayStation Five, Series X computers, like. One one thing that one funny one, office chairs. There was like a period of time where you couldn't buy an office chair anywhere because literally everybody who was working from home was like, "Shit, I need to not be sitting on like a fucking wooden dining room chair." Well, when, <laughs> you know? well, when everybody, and... sorry, go ahead. No, no, that was that was that was my point. But like when everybody is sent home all at once, and all of a sudden there's this high demand for stuff like more than your supply. That's what happens. Yep. Like it, 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 Go ahead. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, you uh, go ahead. Like uh, no, uh, little Tardis said, not being able to see anyone was hard. I yeah. Yeah, and I will tell you, like yeah, there was like instances as well, like also just like taking precautions and stuff where, um, um, you feel like um, I guess you know, trying to um you know, stay away from family and stuff, especially if there was, like, a risk or something of, like, an uh, exposure that happened, you know, somewhere in the in the world and stuff, like, where you were. Like, you try to take precaution to, like, not be away from people and stuff so you don't get yeah. them sick. It don't even have to be, like, exposed to anyone who had COVID. Like, you were afraid of just being with your family. All right. Because like, that- you want to make sure... That nobody got hurt because of you, because you you couldn't bear that responsibility, right? Because like, that, you don't, you didn't want to be the one that hurt somebody. That that I think was probably the biggest thing. The because terrifying not being, feeling of like I might accidentally hurt people that I care about, which is yes. just the worst feeling. Me and my wife were just like that. We we were like we we really limited like the way we saw our family and stuff, and like you know even her family was like you know. Weren't, what they weren't comfortable like if we if we were, we came by we handled like certain business on you know with like you know our elopement and stuff but otherwise it wasn't no hey hang out you know for you know a bunch of hours they'll eat drink and be married it was always like that that uneasiness because like we're trying to monitor our time or monitor like our exposure and trying to be like when can we like you know you know, get the heck out of Dodge so we're not worried about getting people sick or anything yeah. like that or, or providing like a certain risk for a certain amount of risk. And I think that was really difficult. And when I'm talking about the grind is all those things, all those, those, some of those parts of all of that, all of that, it took its toll on me, took my, took its toll on my wife, took its toll on like our our friend circle and everybody that and uh, and everybody that we knew of, and then and you can see it in the world. So like when you see like little things like you know you know it still make you feel cringe a little bit when you see like big crowds and some of that. It is hopeful because you're like, huh, we could be returning to this sooner rather than later. But last year when it seemed like there was no end in sight, 
it was really hard to see that light at the end of the tunnel. But with my detox, you know, like, you know, just the keeping your eye on the, like, at the, uh, um, um, uh, keeping your eye on the, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. Because it's there. Like, no matter how far you are from it, it is crucial to keep grinding and keep moving towards that light at the end of the tunnel. Because eventually, you can, you can and you will make it out. It just takes a lot of hard work and a lot of movement and a lot of grinding. And, yep. a, and a lot of grit and a lot of perseverance. Because that last year and even now, it's, it's still a grind. And, and it's just just having to persevere through all these all these um uh these difficult times like a slightly cliche but you know the rocky speech where he says uh the life will bring you to your knees and it will keep you there permanently if you let it uh nothing will hit as hard as life life is about not how hard you hit, how hard you can be hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I love that because this, yeah, this entire experience has been... Because, you know, and I... Uh, my therapist made a comment at one point during this where they said that life is imitating depression right now. Because mm. everyone's lifestyle is necessitating them to stay inside, at home, probably largely sedentary. You're just, it's like you're, you're, you're like, li even if you're not depressed, you're living out depression by just your normal lifestyle. Yeah, your life's and, slowly being drained. Like your spirit's slowly being drained. Right, and it's like not so much, you know, everybody does that every now and then, but... It's another when someone's like, okay, do that every day for a year and a half. And that takes and, its toll, and that would drain anybody, even the strongest of people. And that's just it. It wasn't, you know, there were occasionally some haymakers, but how hard you can get hit meant, can you get hit a little bit over and over and over again, hundreds of times in a row? And, mm, 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 mm. but hey, that's the thing is probably most of you have discovered mm -hmm. that you can. And I bet most of us didn't think we could. Yeah. I would guess. I would guess if somebody asked you before beforehand, could you do this? I think most people would have said no. Um, yeah. And, I agree. But, mm -hmm. And I mean, it's terrible that we were forced to. Yeah. And I would, again, argue that a lot of it was avoidable. Yeah, but, but you know, <laughs> but whatever. That's another conversation. You know, um, I think of this one quote too. Um, you know, from Mike Tyson, like, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Like our normal lives, like us taking things for granted, that was that was that was our plan. We were living yep. out our plans, and then we just got punched in the face, and everything just got turned upside down. Yeah, and I mean. <laughs> And here's the thing, so, man, at least in my case, it also really spurred me to really reinvest in, like, personal growth. Mm-hmm. And... You had to grow or something or else was, you weren't going to make it. You know, 
is also a thing that is not fun or easy. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you know, if that's the main, if that's the main person you're facing during all these, during the during these months in this this past year. Everybody, I'm like, I'm like, shit, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, sometimes I, I better learn to. I, but I think that was a lot of people's experiences, like, and like you know, and me, and me, and me included, like, you know, you uh, if you're locked down and you can't really go anywhere and you don't have a whole bunch of things to distract you from, you know, the pain that you that you hold inside you, you're then you're you're alone. Uh, the, then you're like you're just alone with your thoughts and with your pain, and then either you're. You're you're forced to like face it and to like unpack it during the times when you wouldn't be doing that. But then there ain't nothing else to do, so it's like, huh? I need to like unpack this stuff, or I need to try to work on this, or work on tackling this stuff, or else you know this is going to consume me. Yep. But like, it's just the grind. Like, it's it's just it's amazing that we. We don't came this far, yeah. and I'm just saying for everyone just to keep that grit, keep that perseverance because we can and we will we will make it. You know, um, we we just have to keep, you know keep running because like we consider like I consider ourselves lucky because like we could have been like you know one of the families mourning the loss of someone yep. to the to the complications of COVID nineteen or been one of those people who lost their lives and. Or uh, or been those people who had who have went through the sickness but came out of it, you know, you know. I guess they come out with a different with a new perspective, or or they came out or, and then still not and still feeling like the uh, the uh, the residual effects of or it, possibly permanent side effects. Yes, which is honestly the thing that scared the crap out of me the most. You know, I mm -hmm. really don't want to have severe tinnitus for the rest of my life. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, I literally, like, you know, I use my ears every day for, like, everything that matters to me, so... If you lost you know. your hearing, would that... Would, would you end up losing, like, your... your... Per, your... Uh, your, um, your purpose to live? Because I know music is, like, your life. Uh... Knowing that one of the greatest musicians of all time was deaf, I'd probably be like, "All right, cool, a challenge." Mm, but, uh, like, but again, this—I uh, mean, again, it would it, it, like it would devastate me absolutely. Mm -hmm. But like, I would also probably be a stubborn asshole and not give up on making music. But the thing is, though, <laughs> but it, 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 this was a challenge. This was the yeah. biggest challenge we ever been through in our lives. Everything and this and this wasn't just like you know your life, my life, and it was like, like our, everybody you our, know city, going through it all at the same time. Yeah, the nation. It was the whole. It was worldwide. And uh, and we're we're like and we're pressing through it. Yeah, like how 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 like, I mean, like how intense is that, man? Oh, I wanted to. I wanted to tell a funny story. Go for um, it. From when I got when I got that shot, um, so I go in and I ended up having to go into a CVS and like stand in line and do that whole thing, which you know was was like a nerve wracking thing because honestly, that was probably the most people I've been around at it at at once. Mm -hmm. Like probably this entire time, I'm thinking because. 
I mean, I guess the grocery store has lots of people in it, but, like, you're not all super close to all of them. Right. Uh, but anyway, so so we're in line, and, like, the lady's walking through the line, like, getting her information, and she's like, sorry for the wait, guys. And I'm like, it's, like, five minutes. It's been, like, I've been waiting for this shot for, like, a year and a half, dude. Like, five minutes is not going to kill me. It's fine. <laughs> You know, it's just so funny to me, like, you know, and I mean, she was just being nice. She was being, you know, polite and maybe the line was moving slowly, but it's just so funny to me. Like, even that's a way that my perspective has changed, that it's like, you know, given how far I've come, you know, I can get punched in the face a few more times. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Give me, give me some more, you know, and (laughs) I, it's like, you know, I, come on, I can take it. Uh, you know, it's like, what's, what's a few more minutes, really, like, in the grand scheme of things, Man. you know, and that's, I don't know, that's just a good lesson for everybody, I think, um, we're, we're on the home stretch, and I think, probably whether you realize it or not, you've learned, you've learned something about how much you can take, mm-hmm. uh, you just gotta, you just gotta keep grinding, like, don't, don't get... Don't get complacent and don't like get comfortable and just keep, keep, keep grinding like until we, until we do make it out. And I mean, and I want to, just to counterbalance that, like, I don't, I also don't want to make it seem like, you know, it's all, you know, I'm positive right now because... I've, like, been through the shit, you know? Yeah. You know, we're positive now because we've, you know, because we've all fucking been in the muck. And, you know, there was a point in time, there was a point in time in the last year where my mental health was so bad that I was, like, legitimately considering checking myself into the hospital. Um, Mm. And probably was only maybe a few hours away from doing so at one point. Mm. So like for some for some perspective on like just personally like how far I've come to get to this point. Um mm-hmm. so and I mean like that's a that's a terrible fucked up experience that I wouldn't wish on anybody, right? But mm-hmm. you know what? I can take that punch. Yeah. I can literally I can take that fucking uppercut to the bottom of my jaw and I'm still here. Yeah, because you've experienced it already and then you'd be like, okay, well, you know, it wasn't, this punch wasn't that you took, like, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would. I mean, and it's I, bad, but I, I got up from it, so hey, yeah, I can, I've been exposed to this, so I know what I, I know that I'm, I know with my strength I'm capable of like, you know, taking on this hardship and that I can keep, you know, can, you know, get up. You know, like that Dwayne Wade uh, commercial. You know, fall down seven times, get up, get up eight. Yeah, and you know, you know, I, you know, I had my, and I, you know, I had, you know, and, and still do like have like you know, you know, certain bouts of like with depression and stuff. But as do I. But you just try to get through, like take it. The key was just taking it one day at a time, because if you're gonna grind and stuff, you, you do have to like looking at it from like. You know, here to like, uh, you know, from like a year from now and stuff, that would that was like overwhelming. Like that, that would have been overwhelming. But going day at a time, stringing days together, 
you know, taking it little bit by little bit. And then eventually you'd be like, then you turn, you turn your back and you look like, oh, wow, we have gone through over a year of this so far. How the hell so, did I do a year of this shit? Yeah. So it's just, but it's just a matter of, you know, you know, just steady perseverance, you know, and working hard, trying to just, you know, get through each and every day. Yes. So, oh, what do we, what do you have on messages real quick? Oh, I, I was gonna, I was gonna call that out. Uh, Little Taurus said, uh, keep your eye on the light. Yes. And uh, I think that is maybe, maybe the best message any of us could take away from this. So we're gonna wrap it. Uh, I we were joking before the show that uh, I said uh, let's shoot for an hour and a half. That way it'll actually be over two hours, uh, but we'll at least have planned for it. <laughs> and it turns out that's about where we got. So yeah. So uh, closing thoughts, my friend. Well, I mean, honestly, my closing thoughts is this was like honestly. I was not sure how this was going to was going to work out. Me either. Honestly, like, you know, you know, you know, set up, and then like honestly, like you know, part of it was me having a kitty in my lap, so you know, uh, reduce my mobility. But also, if if you, she's asleep if, out, out of frame now. Yes, but if you notice, I guess I was a little like you know, I was a little bit stiff, holding like my arms and stuff like this, so I was a little bit tense in the very beginning. But then, once we started this thing, you know, it's just like, it just felt like home again. Like, okay. Except this time we're sharing... This is the show, dude. Yeah, we're sharing this. This time we're sharing it live to people. And I was just like, it just adds like a, it, it adds an extra depth to it. Yeah. Because now it seems like it's more, people can person, well, more, uh, get to know us more personally. Yeah. Or no, it's more intimate, you know? Like, hey, you see, you putting faces to the... Uh, to the to the voices and, and that and that right there I think is really cool yeah. um, and I'm you know, just glad to be able to do this I'm really impressed by like your, the way that you're able to do the stream stuff set this up doing your streams catch this catch this dude but uh, part of this channel deviation notice Fridays with, the, catch with me, Friday jams catch me tomorrow night for Friday night jams and it, and if he's uh, and if he's spelling it he might play some magic. But music comes first, so and then after that it's up to him. So if he wants to play all music, that's his prerogative. If he wants to play a little bit of music and a little bit of magic, that's him also. Either way, this dude's a jack of all trades and he can regardless of what he streams, he's gonna bring it. So but yeah, so just give a shout out to him. And hey, uh dropped his first EP on Spotify deviation notice. Pop that, listen to it, stream it a million billion times. Oh, it's just out of frame. I have the physical CD up here. But <laughs> what I was gonna say, um, this is live on my channel, but my friend D here also has his own Twitch channel. He streams under Moroku1617. Yeah, when I stream like very intermittently, but but the fact is, I do have a channel. I'm gonna try to stream a little bit more these days and stuff. It's just like. I can't really, like, I like to primarily stream video games, but I, I hardly have the time to play them, so, you know, like, and so when I do have the time, I'm more, you know, do like some zen gaming, you know, off, off camera stuff, you know, uh, but I, I will try to make sure that I, um, um, 
stream for you guys again because you know I, I love streaming it's, it's very entertaining I like like having like a personal channel where I can just like control the content and stuff and just be there to interact with you guys and it's great so so yeah Rogue 1617 also if y'all want uh, for those who are new here uh, our episodes are on Spotify on uh, yes. Apple Podcasts like Dan vs. D uh, we're on. We're the Google Play Store now. We're on. Um, I think it's good. We pretty much got into like all the major podcast stores. So um, yes. And you know what's nice is I'm not gonna have an offer weeks about editing this. I'm literally gonna take the audio file when we're done. Friggin' run that through a compressor. Put it on iTunes. Done. <laughs> this will literally be the fastest episode we've ever turned around. Yeah. You you might get actually like split like. Do like a split, yeah. like maybe split like an hour, and then you can have like an hour and a half. You can make a couple episodes right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I'm, I'm really like, I'm, I'm really impressed how this turned out. Like, I'm very pleased. With like, that. it just like the, it just felt like once we got going and stuff, it just felt like just any ordinary episode, you know. But like, you know, you know, being able to, you know, you know, cut cut up, you know, have like the digressions, talking about like the. You know topics that we want to talk about. You know, also answering the questions and stuff. That yeah. I, that was a new depth to like you know our show that I would, you want questions, so we actually got them. So we yeah, actually answered some. So I, that was I, great. Want, I want to shout out. I want to shout out Chad because that was that was actually really fun to like get to get to do a little bit of uh, give and take shout on live. So shout out to you, Tool Man, and Little Tardis. Yes. Little Tardis, I'll see you soon. <laughs> That's my wife. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I don't know, you know, and, and also just like being able to just uh, talk, you know, about you know lighter stuff, and then like you know, the, the very end, you know, the, uh, before the detox, you know, talking about you know Sean Watson situation stuff. So it, it's just going back to our roots of you know we talk about the silly stuff, we can, and we're also not not shy about talking about the the more serious stuff, and and it's just like that's. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get like the you you gotta get like that those sweet and salty taste from like you know our, our podcast because that's that's what we do. We don't like are we the sour patch kids podcast? Yes, absolutely. Like sour sweet gone. But we are we the lemon and lime of podcasts? Man. I feel lemon, like lime, lemon, lime, lime and the sumo is just like swoosh the guy's face and then when they like Pulled apart and then he goes, ah. How did Sumo's quench that guy's thirst? I'll never forget that. But yeah, I don't. All I'm saying is you should have you should have watched television late at night in 2006. Or or in like or in 2010 with Education Connection like 2 a.m. two in the morning. Oh, uh, we should like sample that song and have that as just one of our bumpers. Oh, we will, dude. We should like get the actress that did that. Oh my god. Yeah, that, that's why that's why I know we've made it. We can get like that actress, like uh from from that from the education connection commercial. <laughs> but yeah. But I, I I don't but thanks everyone for y'all tuning in and you know this has been a blast. You got anything else to add? No, it's uh it's it's been really fun. I appreciate it. We'll hopefully be back sooner rather than later. For real. Um especially I think now having seen how like actually easy this was uh so that'll be fun um other than that i suppose i really only have one thing left to say which is that i wish i could just hug you all but i'm not gonna
but someday he will, and hopefully the, those moments is sooner rather than later. It's true, someday we will hug each other again. And it, it is going to be glorious! Yeah, I'm a I'm a bear hugger, so I'm going to be out there cracking the ribs. Shout out, shout out to Bobby Roode. <laughs> uh, but thank you all so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, we are going to say peace! Have a good one, everybody. Take uh, care. Peace, uh, peace, peace out, everyone. Stay, stay safe out there. T Rex. Anyway, take care, everybody.